And everybody, welcome to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen. Hey, I'm Ultra David. It's a pleasure to be back here on your side of things. Boy, it was a scorcher today driving through Los Angeles to get to your place. Yeah, I got, I got to imagine, man, that this heat wave is pretty crazy right now. And I got to imagine that, you know, the car must have been so hot when you jumped in there and drove. Let me tell you, it's super, super hot. When I left Hollywood, it was still 98 degrees there. And it's not quite that hot here. But there are parts of SoCal right now that are 110. So... Good luck to everybody. I'm uh, there. Are, a... <laughs> I was about to say there are parts of California that are actually uh, what is it, 130? I think they they said in Death Valley they registered the hottest temperature uh, ever recorded. Yeah, in at least 100 years. Yep. And so anyway, uh, that's how things are going here. I hope everybody else is doing okay. You know the time we're in. We're going to be talking about several things today. We have, I approve uh, of I approve of your shirt, David. See, so I have the the matching cup to go with it right now. <laughs> it is an all MK11 stream here right now. So I brought that cup too, and I'll take a swig of it after we take a break, of course. <laughs> For unknown reasons, I can't access it right now. But after a break, I'm sure that I'll be able to have access to it. Fair enough. All right, all right. So we're going to be talking about. Some news that just came out a few days ago about Dragon Ball Fighters. So we're going to be recapping a couple of tournaments. In fact, a few tournaments this time. We got some 5-5 matchup stuff to go over, including a couple of fun questions about kind of both of them about netcode, really. But then also viewer questions, of course. There's other game news to catch up on. There's other community news to catch up on. But let's begin with this Dragon Ball Fighter stuff. Yep. All right. So uh, all the games coming out with their roadmaps right now. You probably can guess that this is all just, you know, a uh, reaction to no Evo <laughs> this year. So all the roadmaps coming out uh, one by one. And so new roadmap here for Dragon Ball Fighters. But that's great. This isn't something that has tended to happen. I mean, it's not the first time that we've ever found out more about plans from a fighting game developer. But... For every fighting game developer in Japan to have had their roadmap come out in the past, like, month-ish, yeah, you're probably right that these were planned to be EVO reveals. But still, for them all to, well, almost all of them to have that kind of info out there is by itself pretty pretty good. I'm yeah. happy about that. Oh, I've yeah. always wanted to know. And, again, without needing to know everything, you don't need to tell me I didn't expect, for example, to know all of the uh, four of the five characters that are coming out in Street Fighter Five. Just like, give me a heads up, you know? How long is this game going to be supported? Like the basics, and they are, in fact, doing at least those basics. In fact, some of them are doing more than that. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. This is a trend that I hope keeps continuing. Like the also the um, the 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 powwow. What the hell was it called? Again? The round table. The round table. Thank you. <laughs> The, 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 the J.C. Nile coming into effect right here. Uh, the, the powwow, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, in fact, I'm going to call it powwow from now on. <laughs> uh, you know, those kind of things uh, are, are good signs. And I hope all this stuff keeps up within our community because I feel like the fighting game community is kind of unique in that all these different companies and all these different, you know, uh, games kind of feel like a family. And so, you know, I hope these kind of things keep happening. I definitely agree with that. 
not just in the powwow, and hopefully they expand the powwow to include developers <laughs> from other countries in the future too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get some NRS going in there, you know. <laughs> you know, I would love to see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is a company that historically we have known a good deal about future plans for, in in part because we like guessed that new stuff would come out every two years because it had so often. But right. in part also because they had actually said sometimes like, hey, we have these, we're gonna have these. DLC characters coming out, like for example, in Mortal Kombat 11, we knew the uh, the the whole like layout of the DLC way in advance, right? Way in advance, which characters are going to be coming out? So that's not like a new thing on their end. But I would love to continue to see that, of course. Yeah, and then that way Ed Boon can just be sitting there and going like, "Why haven't you guys implemented rollback?" All right. So, as far as Dragon Ball, before we start talking about the actual news, I just, just want to say congratulations to Tyrant and Damascus, who are now official community talents for yeah. uh, for um, Dragon Ball Fighters, which is amazing, right? They have been big, big supporters of that game. They're huge Dragon Ball nerds. It's something <laughs> that really means a lot to them. Well, I mean, really, like, you could see in their tweets when they announced it that it wasn't just, like, they were happy that they're representing this brand which is well known and you know they like the game but also like it's meant the ip has meant something to both oh yeah they were little kids and and to have this experience of being official community talents i'm sure is a great feeling yeah i mean to be fair like when the game came out i think you and i commentated it once at like central sencal standoff i think it was Honestly, like five times or fewer. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, to be honest with you, it was never one of my goals to commentate this game. In fact, when it came out, it has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, obviously, I, in the end, I wasn't as addicted to the game as other games. But honestly, yeah. I just wanted, I just knew that I wasn't into the lore enough and that other people out there would be. And to have them have that kind of opportunity to really represent, like, Dragon Ball, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just didn't, like, that felt like it needed to go to people who who really wanted that and deserved that kind of thing, so. Even before the game came out, I can recall talking with Hell Pockets and talking with Steve and Steven and all, all sorts of people who, for whom Dragon Ball was, like, a huge thing, and yeah. they were super stoked. They expected to like the gameplay, right? It was a beautiful game, obviously. They... But but even yeah beyond the game itself, the fact that it was Dragon Ball yeah. was gigantic for them, and I knew that it wasn't that way for me. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with you that that was something that I wasn't. I, I would have felt weird about taking to somebody's place who would let what if I got the <laughs> right would have been like, all right, that's cool. Like that would have been my response rather than like it being like a. This is the culmination of 30 years of my life. <laughs> I feel like it is for some of them. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like, I can whack so, nostalgic all day about Dan and Akira history, you know, in Street Fighter V. And, you know, you ask me anything about Master Roshi, I'd just be like, uh, he looks like Tung Fu yeah. Ru from uh, Fatal Fury, who clearly was yeah. probably inspired by Master Roshi, and I would get it backwards, and everybody would be like, what the hell, James? <laughs> yeah. uh, For sure. Anyway, congrats again to them. So on this stream, the Dragon Ball Fighters show thing that 
we got these announcements on. Yeah. It was in part to Matt Tyron and Damascus who were doing the, the hosting of it. Yeah, and by, so and by the were, by the right way, away. I think that's super cool. Not only that they just got the role, but they're also part yeah. of the EU scene as well. And so to have you know Japan. A, co- a Japanese company, you know, go with them instead of like just going with a bunch of people in the U.S. or even in Japan or something like that. I think it's super yep. cool. I, I, I'm so happy for those guys, honestly. That is good. Yeah, I'm definitely down with that. So, uh, they announced several things, right? Um, just sort of off the bat, uh, there was a stream, right? They had, uh, uh, oh boy, Hiroki Tomoko. Uh, talking on there, the producer of the game. Um, we'll talk about some of this stuff later, but uh, just to get the news out and sort of in, maybe analysis later. Uh, so she talked about the fact that they've been thinking about implementing rollback in the game and that it's very difficult. Um, that it would be, let me get the quote, because I definitely wrote it down. The team and I are, of course, aware of the feedback and comments we're receiving from players regarding rollback. Although this is a feature that we would most definitely like to implement, it is technically difficult to have this supported. So they mm. said that right off the bat. Um, again, we're going to be—we'll talk about that in more detail later. But that's part of this news here. Um, she talked about balancing stuff, right? Both characters and in assists. Uh, she talked about dealing with people who are rage quitting. She <laughs> talked about uh, a set of tournaments as well. Yes. So, they're going to be doing an Invitational League series starting in October. It will feature players from five different regions. regions. So that's North America West, North America East, Spain, France, and Japan. Yeah. And those are all separate. And what they're going to be doing is inviting players, eight players from each of those. They're going to have a round-robin kind of situation. The top four will move on. There's going to be a ladder format at that point. It gets quite complicated, but that will be starting in October, so expect that to be cool. Is that all? I think it's great. Did they say that was all online? That's going to be all online. That's, on, right? that's online. Yeah, okay. That's, okay. Online. that's my understanding, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, one thing about that that kind of makes me a little sad is that there wasn't something in South America, because, I mean, uh, Gundam Jehudi Kai in the chat points out that EU and France are huge into Dragon Ball, and I guess so the Bandai Namco's offices are in France as well, so that would actually, you know, benefit them to have them be able to go to the offices there to record content and such, but, I mean, yeah. s- South America... I mean, South America and yeah. dra- has huge Dragon Ball fandom, and so, like, I'm sure they're really into the game as well. So I'm, I'm kind of sad that there is no South America uh, location for this tournament, but, you know, uh, yeah. I, it, it's small, I'm sure. Budgets were hard to come by and stuff like that, so, uh, you know, hopefully but that's something... it does something... seem strange that Spain and France are different. Those yeah. are neighbors. Mm-hmm. Those are neighboring countries. All right? That's yeah. like... Arizona and Nevada are having two separate tournaments. Like, what? I mean, there's obviously a little bit bigger populations than those two states, but as far as the geographic distances, like, it's not super great. (laughs) So I am surprised that it's those two countries rather than something like Western Europe. Right. You know, something that's a little bit more spread around like that. People know my geography is not very good, but... I mean, you've been to Europe, you've been, you, you studied in, what, you studied in France, right? I mean, I would imagine France and Spain, like, center of France to center of Spain is probably shorter distance even than from, like, California to Texas or something, you know? Or, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, okay, okay. Clearly then, okay, it's shorter. Oh yeah, to go from <laughs> LA to Houston is definitely farther. Okay, sure. okay. <laughs> but we're, uh, we're quite an unusual country to be. Yeah, yeah, fair. that's true, that's true. Anyway, that's the set of countries that they're going to do. I agree that it'd be nice if that were expanded a little bit, but I don't know what the budget restrictions or otherwise are. And I do think it's good that they at least tailored these regions to be small, keeping in mind that at the very top of the address, they address the fact that they know that the net code isn't actually as good as it could be. Mm. You know, so they, they, they must have taken that kind of thing into account in splitting in NA West, NA East, in two different countries than just Japan itself. Right. As the, as the last one. Okay. Um, let's see, what else? There was a little bit more. Can you... Can you, you gonna, put this hide on screen? Are you gonna talk you, about their me, accidental spoil here? <laughs> yeah, not. It's so good. It's so great. It's so great. Uh, uh, I'm gonna put this. Oh yeah. Okay. Right here. I just I just linked it in the chat. Yeah. Uh. Oh wait, no, I don't think that was the right link right there, was it? Yep. Uh, I just clicked on it to make. Oh, sure. you put it over there. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, this was uh, one of those uh, unfortunate things. <laughs> well, let's see here. It was hilarious. Now, did do so we know? They, showing... hmm? Do they? Do we know if they accidentally just put it in the wrong order, or what happened, or? I really have no idea on that front. I haven't heard the story. So they put the roadmap up, and it's great to have a roadmap, right? September, October, November, December. Here's the stuff that's going to be going on. In September, there's a player's reveal. In October, there's a round robin. November has the round robin. December has the playoffs. Oh, it looks like September has two more things. And if you kind of, like, scoot your eyes in a little bit, <laughs> you don't have to scoot in that far, you can see that, oh, it's Master Roshi's showcase and national championship details. And they had not yet announced that character. Master Roshi. They had leaked on their own channels. This is something that <laughs> I don't think I've seen before. <laughs> on the stream where they were going to announce Master Roshi, they leaked Master Roshi. On the very stream. It's not like it was some... It wasn't Steam screwing up, you know what I mean? It right. wasn't like... It wasn't, EB Games uh, or whatever, you know? Yeah, <laughs> GameStop. And having a miscommunication with Bamco in North America or whatever. God, it did was, I just call it EB Games? Holy crap, that hasn't existed in forever, right? No, EB Games, that's right. Yeah, EB Games let it go, that's right. Uh, Babbage's was, was the second one to leak it, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, on the very stream, they announced Master Roshi. They leaked Master Roshi just a little bit before. So that's Ooh. hilarious. Uh, that's unfortunate, you know, but... Uh, definitely unfortunate. Yeah. Maybe it was on purpose. I just can't imagine. Just... <laughs> hey, let's kill our own hype with this slide. <laughs> yeah, because I was watching this. At that point, as soon as everybody's like, what? As soon as the chat noticed this, nobody's paying attention to the rest of the talk. Oh, there's you have playoffs coming up. Oh, right. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> the entire chat was just talking about Roshi. It's like when... Uh... <laughs> It's like when Kage got released during Capcom Cup, right? And everyone yeah. stopped watching Capcom Cup. And everyone's exactly. like, look at this new move Fong has. <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely>. <sighs> so 
big bummer. Big bummer, but that's what happened. And then, as you could guess, they had an announcement to make. <laughs> uh, and that announcement is that Master Roshi's going to be in. They had a trailer. And that trailer... Maybe three seconds of gameplay. Yeah. Three-ish. I, I, saw the I saw the tweets about it before... I saw the actual trailer because people were all okay. people were actually kind of mad about that. So, yeah, I mean, it was a funny enough trailer. I, I like what they did. You know, they kind of looked at different regions. There are different scenes, I should say, and then they finally like zoomed in on his house. I thought it. I thought it was fun. It was just as far as the actual gameplay itself, you don't know anything. You, you know, right. you're watching this, there's just like almost no info about what the character is going to actually play like, which is definitely unfortunate. I'd like to know more. I don't know. Do you think this is a big deal that they didn't explain a little bit more about what the character does? I mean, it, it's interesting, right? I, I mean, to be honest with you, like, I don't think it's a huge deal, but from a marketing standpoint, I think it is a bad idea because the more you show of the character, the more hype people get. Like, that, oh my god, he does this! Oh my god! Oh, that's that scene that references this episode in the... You know, like, I, I think that that's good. Like, I mean, because before, I mean, we didn't have roadmaps or anything. Again, I'm doing the whole, you know, back in my day, you know, I'm being Master Roshi right now, you know, uh, but like... Uh, characters just came out and we're like whoa <laughs> you know it's kind of how it was like a new get new version would come out and we'd be like whoa who is this guy you know kind of thing and um you know so to me it's uh, either way works if they get if it was just like hey here's the character he's downloadable now and then i would be like yo let's check him out but, you know, having a trailer like that with hype and stuff like that, I think just really drives eyes to it. And then you get the analysis videos or someone's like, look at this frame here, what this looks like this. And it's just good buzz, good uh, social media, you know, uh, activity and good yeah. good uh, spreading the, of, of, of just word. And so I think that's from a from a marketing standpoint, I think it's a miss. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. It's true that people, some people, will look at just a small segment of gameplay, even if it's like hidden theater, secret <laughs> copyright violation footage <laughs> that you can, of Dan gameplay, for example. <laughs> That's an example. Uh, some people will sit there and analyze that for like an hour. <laughs> Can't imagine who, man. Now, now, some people will do that. That is a good idea to have. That's a good reason to have that. I, you're totally right that that makes a lot of buzz. Someone actually said that there's a Roshi move list leaked. Uh, Phantom EX Death it says that, and it says apparently he doesn't have a super jump. And someone says, I was just no a, a super, super dash. dash. I'm sorry, super dash. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say there are Ooh. some leaks about this. Uh, at least a little bit. So no super dash. He has some big special move that is air unblockable so if he doesn't have super dash maybe he's like a grounded character but he's still oh, oh. Oh, see, see uh, he has he, he might have a super that automatically snaps by like by itself without you having to like combo into a sort of dragon rush situation and see you know what, um, you know what the craziest thing about this is too is like i'm not even like that into dragon ball but hearing about this is getting me hyped thinking about like having a character fight completely different and th they could have just revealed more in the trailer, and then 
it wouldn't have to come from a leak and we could be hype about it. You know what I mean? It's just like... Yeah, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you on yeah. that. As far as the idea of him not having a super dash, when I read that, as somebody who doesn't play the game, I thought the same thing you just did, which is, wow, cool, this character sounds like it could be really unique. That's interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Every single player I know who does play or commentate Dragon Ball Fighters, uh-huh. every single one of them, said, wow, no Super Dash, huh? This character's gonna be garbage. Moving on. Like, <laughs> categorically. Categorically. <laughs> Everybody. No Super Dash? Alright. See who they put out next. That, And it's, a, it's an integral part of the game, so it will be interesting to see how they try to make him viable uh, in a way that's... It is really quite unique. Uh. They... They did this to an extent with Videl, who doesn't have a reflect. She has a dodge. And people think she sucks. Hmm. I don't know if that's the only reason why. I haven't kept up with it in that way, but I don't think people think that she sucks. So, yeah, you I know, mean, the, the, game, the game has certainly diversified a lot. I think it's, it's fun to watch at this point, but it's there's still a lot of similarities between some characters uh, in a way that I think yeah. other games don't quite have. So I'm all for this. I think... It, for everybody else, I'm sure that it's not that they think that having a super dash is necessary in the sense that it that's the only way a character could be interesting. It's more that it's hard to see how you have yeah. enough movement. It's hard to see how your B&Bs would work. It's hard, you know, there's all these sorts of things that the game kind of uses super dash for, and everybody does, and how would the, the character work if it's, it's not like that? And maybe he would suck as a result. I, I don't know. I guess yeah. we'll have to see. Uh, look, I... I, I... I am a true believer that because you can balance games however you want, a character losing a core mechanic, it's not hard to just make them stupid, ridiculous in certain other areas to make up for that. You know, obviously it's been tough, for example, characters like Little Mac and Smash Brothers just not having good recovery options, so they try to make them super good on the ground, it just hasn't worked, but, you know, I I do, like, you could make little mac kind of stupid if you just made everything of his kill like at low percentages on the ground right like but that's just the, that's the whole thing is I, I really do think you could balance even despite having not some of the core mechanics well there's plenty of games where characters don't have core mechanics or games that are just constructed of characters who all have their own different mechanics yeah. there's several series that are like that so yeah i imagine that that's possible but they haven't done it yet so i guess we'll see I guess we will see. People seem really excited for him, though, and I think that's great. I mean, as a character, right? Maybe yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. this thing is maybe a different story, but to have that character in the game, everybody seems really happy about. It. So that's cool. Yeah. Again, I mean, honestly, I have no idea anything about the character. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I can't really add much to this. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Anything else to say about Dragon Ball? He'll come out yeah. in September. You know what I should do? I should have done. I should have been like one of those terrible news articles that like there was this one thing I saw this picture of like oh the 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 creators of Avatar have you know walked out of the live action series that they're putting on Netflix and the photo was of Dalsum. <laughs> What? Yeah, they just, I don't know what the hell they were doing. Like, the, the, like they didn't know what character was from Avatar or whatever like that. On the on the screen that I have over here, on the title screen, I 100% should have put a picture of, you know, Tung Fu Ru on there and <laughs> put a Dragon Ball logo on there. <laughs> no, 
man. <laughs> I guess some article, like news site that didn't really know anything about Avatar thought Dalsam was Aang or something like that. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Uh, Just man. to conclude about the Dragon Ball Fighter stuff, the bottom right of the roadmap notes that there are still two fighters to come, and that's after December. Right, the right okay. way that it's written. Well, just to understand the way that it's written, September, October, November, and December all have stuff written in them. Right. But and two more fighters to come, quote unquote, is not in any of those months. So I think that implies that the support for the game will continue yeah. another minimum six months and, and hopefully longer than that i mean either that or they just don't know <laughs> they don't know when they're coming out so they're just like hey <laughs> two more characters coming at some point uh you know covid's messing up our timeline so just expect them <laughs> right, right right yeah uh, for sure okay well anything else to say about this uh no uh just they had a couple of exhibitions i should note um at the end, so this was not just... I mean, uh, just to sort of recap the idea of the show, I'm really happy that they had Tyrant and Damascus on there. It's super cool that, as you said, that they are letting two folks in the UK handle this sort of stuff, rather than just keeping it in Japan. Or they US, did also yeah. have the producer in Japan mm -hmm. uh, on the show, too, so that's cool. I'm really happy about both of those angles. It's great that they announced new stuff. I mean, bummer about the leak that they themselves did, but it's great that they announced new stuff. And then uh, also that, you know, the implication that support will continue, and also that they had this competitive angle that they then showed with exhibition. So I just, yeah. uh, the whole idea of the show I think is really well done. It's something I'd like to see more of. Yeah, and, and again, having those roadmaps like that, I mean, we've seen it happen, remember, with, with BB Tag. When that game came out, and they're like, there's going to be more fates coming, and then there was just like radio silence for like seven months or something like that. And you yeah. can see how much that can hurt uh, a, a fan base and just having the roadmap knowing that stuff is coming like even for street fighter 5 it's like you know you're like playing it a bunch you're like well street fighter 6 coming out maybe and then you're like well here's five more characters and here's for another year and a half and we're like all right well back in the game you know it, it's just yeah. that kind of thing helps the fan base a lot so you know i really hope the japanese devs who are not known to give out roadmaps like this you know, see the positive response to it. And yeah, there's going to be the haters like, what, what is this take? Why do we have to wait till what? You know, but hopefully most of the feedback has been positive. So. Definitely agree with that. Something I'd love to see continue. Yep. Okay. I guess that's it for the Dragon Ball roadmap. Yep. I'm going to move on now to address some tournaments that happened. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about some results, which is good because we are we have results, which is fun. I know. It's so, I feel like we have results every show now. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and this is not even on top of the fact that there are all these, like, you know, uh, NLBCs and all this other oh, stuff yeah. that, we, have, that we don't get so to There's so many community things going on. Yeah. Multiple per week per game, which is super great. Yeah. But first, here, let's talk about the Capcom Pro Tour Online North America West 1. Happened over the past weekend for Street Fighter V. There were over 275 entrants. I thought about entering, but it was my dad's birthday on oh, Saturday. So okay. my wife and I went over to my parents' house and had, like, socially distanced dinner. You know, we went to their backyard, and we sat at opposite edges of this, like, 10-foot-long table oh, that they have in their geez. backyard. And, 
<laughs> like talked at each other from like a distance. <laughs> Had the megaphone. <laughs> How you doing, son? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, doing great, yeah. Dad. <laughs> Uh, so I did that instead, but I thought it would have been cool. Hopefully, I'll be home for the next one because I definitely would like to enter. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you though. Uh, I mean, obviously, I got to commentate it, but it felt great because, especially like that top eight, the, the final set, and there were so many matches that came down to last game, last round. Like the hype was ridiculous, and the level of play was super good. And I, mm-hmm. I it's just, it felt great. To, to, to see that, to have that again. You know what I mean? Because obviously we're missing that. No combo breakers, no Evos, no CEOs and things like that. And, you know, I just felt like the quality was so good. I mean, obviously we'll get into a little bit of the netcode controversy later on. But, you know, outside of that, like that grand finals between Nephew and Samurai was just, oh, oh, so good. And, you know, like, like I even said, like every time the camera came back to me, I'd be like in the middle of like doing this, like, what the? You know, like I would be in all these poses. I mean, you've seen that. I do that when I'm sitting in the back of the table all the time, right? Like, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. behind the curtains. Yeah. Like it's it's nothing that like I it's nothing. It's not performative at all. Like this is how no, it is, no, no. and and that's just how hype I got, and it felt great. It, it really did, honestly, feel good to to, to kind of have that again. I bet. Yeah. Let's talk about the results here. So, as you said, Grand Finals was Nephew Colleen and Samurai Akuma. Winner was Nephew. First place. Yeah. Samurai got second place. Third place was 801 Strider with G. Fourth place, UYUJB with Rashid. Fifth places were Alex Myers with Chun-Li and Kami and Snake Eyes with Kage. Yeah. Seventh were Radiance Commander Jesse with Dalsum and G and Equinox Filipino Man with Chun-Li and Manat. Just outside of this, in ninth place, Mira, Laura, and Poison. Mm-hmm. Beast PR Balrog with Balrog. Fit FGC Dr. Danny Fam with Zangief. And then PG Punk as well with Karen and Seth getting ninth place. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we talked about a lot on the commentary, though, was really cool to see PR Rog, Snake Eyes, and Filipino Man back mm-hmm. in there. All three of those players have are, like... I don't want to call, like, I mean, PR Rock, the joke is like, I mean, so, someone asked, like, how many times has this guy retired and unretired, you know? And I made the joke that he was actually still retired while he was playing, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's good to see these guys play because these guys have never stopped. I mean, freaking Snake Eyes was like ranked 38 on CFN, yeah. right? <laughs> like, they just All stopped, right. they just didn't travel they as did. much, right? No, they did, they did stop playing for a while. It's, Here's what happened. I mean, well, okay. I haven't talked with him about it. Here's what I think happened. Because I know for sure they were not playing Street Fighter V for a while. Okay. I think that they think it's a good game again. I think that they... These are are players who really came up in Street Fighter IV. I mean, they had other origins, right? Eduardo's been playing for, like, 15, 20 years or whatever. But as far as, like, their, like, main... What's the game that they really burst onto the international scene with? Street Fighter IV. Big, big fans of that game, all of them. And... And that, that's fine. Or I'm not casting any negatives on that, but they didn't gel as well with Street Fighter Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were not secret about that. You know, they weren't being big jerks about it in public. But um, they did even in public say, "Look, I'm this isn't really the game for me. I'm not really playing mm-hmm. it." In private, they will tell you definitely more than that. And they're all playing again, definitely. 
So I think it's super cool. I'm happy for them that they feel that they're enjoying the game. I don't want somebody to play a game if they're not enjoying it. Right. You know, there's not enough on the line for that right now. Uh, these are all very, very talented players. And if there is, if there's a hundred thousand dollars on the line, I, all right, fine. But yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> I mean, only first place gets a chance to Capcom Cup, right? Yeah. Nobody else gets any money at all. No, there's nothing like that. So I, I'm happy for them that they think that it's a game that they're enjoying, and I very much look forward to seeing them continue to do well because they're all very talented. Yeah, I, I mean, and let's be honest too. I mean, it probably helps that Chun is really good this season. That boxer got that V skill too to help some of his bad matchups, and that Kage got buffed as well. You know, so uh, all three of those players, their characters had some significant buffs uh, this season to help them out. And Filipino man, you know, he's like, "Hi, Rose is coming to the game. All right, I'm back in. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Time to practice again. <laughs> Time to practice again." So, uh, I mean, that's an interesting. And it's true as well uh, that Snake has been streaming pretty consistently but even that is not that old he's been doing that for i don't know six months yeah. or a year it's not he hasn't he wasn't doing it in like season yeah. two or three or whatever and i do kind of like uh what dirty boxers you know that little uh sentiment is that street fighter 5 humbled a lot of the sf4 pros you know i mean it, it, that sounds a little meaner i guess than probably intended but i mean this is the case for every every single time a new game came out because you remember uh the transition between three and four you know mm. there's a lot of third strike players that were just like god i'm the best and da -da 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 and everything you know oh, you know you just yeah. don't know you know kind of things like that and, <laughs> and uh <laughs> sorry uh, <laughs> uh i want i was just thinking back i won entire tournaments with people who could beat me in third strike because i was playing Zangief and they were coming from a game where you jumped a lot and I was playing vanilla Street Fighter 4 Zangief. Yeah. Had <laughs> just an absurd directionless anti-air in Larry. It was incredible yeah. at launch. And so I was just like walking at people and they would jump and they'd be like, they're, they're third strike players. Ah, I'm going to jump in. Yeah. Swat them down. Swat them down. I've won entire tournaments that way. I, st I still <laughs> remember play. playing uh, casually. I think this was at Dogface Place, actually. I was playing Street Fighter Four with a Third Strike player. And uh, I was using Kami. They were using Valrog. And we were fighting. And I won. And they were like, you never jump. And I was like, yeah. He's <laughs> like, how do you not jump so much? And I'm like, uh, Super Turbo? <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> who, who might be a prominent third strike player who played balrog in early street fighter 4 i don't know you know i mean there was the balrog army in socal i'll i'll, I'll say that much right you know <clears throat> you know but i mean that was like the first thing that he said to me after we played our first game he was like you never jump you know because they're just expecting people to jump all day so definitely yeah, it's but it's like I said, so, uh, anyway. yeah, I mean, Dirty Boxers acknowledges, yeah, obviously didn't, he, he, there was nothing mean about what he was trying to say, but this is what's going to happen. And you know what? It's going to happen when Street Fighter Six comes out. There's going to be a lot of people who are used to what happens in Five, and they're like, I'm the best, and then they go play Six, and it just doesn't even play, like, like let's say a Denka Diaz, right, who's never played Four before. He's going to have to deal with... I remember uh, I was talking to Ryan LV one time. It was like me, Ryan LV, and F-Champ. And we were talking about it. It was before MVCI was going to come out. 
And Ryan LV, yeah. you know, was the best at MVC3 at the time. And he was, you know, the best player. And he's like, I really want to be sponsored. MVCI is a big deal and everything like that. And I just stopped. And I just looked at Ryan LV. And it was like, okay, like, I know you want to succeed in the next game. And I just looked at him. I was like, it's not going to play anything that you want it to do. And I was like, you have to be ready for that. Like, if you really want to succeed, obviously the success didn't happen because MVCI was the one that failed more than anything, you know. Uh, I, 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 that was my message to him. I was like, you have to be willing to let go of MVC3 to be relevant in MVCI. Because I was like, the game is not going to play the way that you want it to. And it's going to be good in its own way. <laughs> And if you want to be one of the best in MVCI and like be a sponsored player and everything like that, you have to let go of that mentality of I just wanted to play like you, MVC three. <laughs> it's true. It happens each time. Hey, you know what, Cool Cat? I mean, you're seeing David compete in Street Fighter Five right now, right? I mean, he's been entering things again, so he's uh, he's doing fine. I'm probably a top three Honda player in the United States. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh it's it's like it's like when it's like fifteen years ago when I was like, I'm probably the best Q only main in the United States and then you look up the results and it's like nothing, 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 because like it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the best Q. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> best best Honda in the United States. Well, I'm, okay, let me ask you this question. Who else would you put in the U.S. as Honda players? Uh, uh, no Need to Talk is probably the best. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody really obvious. I'll think about it. Some people are saying Cool Kid. I don't think he's kept up like that, to be yeah. honest. He could be. Hey, look, um, man. I mean, I could be... Definitely else. I'm probably uh, maybe top... 10 top 15 Lucia's in the US? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's legit. <laughs> Lucia, so, the character that everybody's comment about Lucia is always, I forgot she was in the game. <laughs> I knew exactly the feeling as a human. Oh, Nephew man. and Samurai had some fantastic matches. Yes. I analyzed that yesterday on Monday Morning Quarters back. Check out the YouTube of that. It was a lot of fun. They. They really had some of the best matches that I've seen in a while. They yeah. were super close. There was no feeling of one, as happens sometimes, one has the big advantage, and the other one figures it out, and then they have the big advantage, and then there's a big swing. Every round was close, even though in first set of grand finals, Nephew won it 3-0. to zero. If you look at that, it definitely could have been 3-2. It was very close. Yeah, 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 for um, sure. So awesome, awesome sets. Shout-outs to everybody else who made top eight. It was all deserved. And I mean that without any irony. I'm super happy that all of them made it, even despite mm -hmm. uh, online issues, because this is Street Fighter V. It's CFN, and we all know it. We'll talk more about the, these issues later when it comes yeah, to yeah. Five Five. Mm. But yeah, no, it was it was super fun. Good matches, uh, and like I said, it was just good to see again. I mean, it's it's brutal that only one person makes it because you know my pick was Samurai yeah. and 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 to to like I said before the the top eight started my pick was Samurai, and you know just I I feel like this is a player who you know is obviously one of the best in the country right now and he's just super solid and he's always just kind of 
missed it by a tiny bit. You know what I mean? And I, I, I want to see him make that big, huge, have that huge success. I want to see him to get into a top eight at Capcom Cup. So we'll see what happens at NA West too. But of course, you know, Punk didn't make it. So, <laughs> you know. He didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, there's a lot of very strong players in this list who did not make it. Yeah. Punk, the foremost, right? He's one of the best in the world for sure. But it just didn't work out like that this time. Yeah, dude, Commander Jesse, I see you in the chat. Uh, I, th I was super happy to see you up there. As soon as I found out it was you versus Myers, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought it was great to see both of you guys yeah. up there. And, and you know, not just because he's Valley, in... Valley, County. Yeah. I mean, I've been playing with Jesse, uh, I don't know, what, 15 years maybe? I don't know. <laughs> whenever I started going to family, whenever he started going to family, it was forever ago. So I, I, that's, I'm really happy about that. I said on stream that I still remember playing against Commander Jesse's Chun Li in like season one of Street Fighter 4, dude. So. <laughs> But uh, honestly, also, not just because he's in the chat, but yeah, Commander Jesse is another one of those players that's always just right there on the cusp. And, you know, I, I, I mentioned on the stream as well, first time he got to travel, he double-perfected Mago, you know, at the Brooklyn beatdown. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a lot of times, it's just all these players just on the cusp. And, you know, that's why I'm actually really glad to see Nephew you know, do qualify because oh, nephew, yeah. nephew is one of those amazing players. And, you know, he even said in the interview afterwards that living with Punk, definitely has helped him a lot and you know mm -hmm. there is the little bit of that advantage of maybe trying to set up one of those uh esports fgc gamer houses like that you know outside of the fact that you guys have to all make sure that you share the duty to clean the place but um uh you know having that ability to practice someone like that i think helps a lot just just to both of those guys for letting samurai come in to play the first match of the top eight yeah. the bay area had had a big power outage due to some storms in the area and where samurai lived power was out and he put a tweet out that was saying can anybody help me out can anybody give me a spot to play and they opened up their apartment to him so yeah that was great. absolutely guess All that right, means they else? live guess that means they live close enough for samurai to drive home after his first match <laughs> i think he, i think he did yeah, yeah, he did. That's what Nephew said. So he drove home after the first match. Because I kept making jokes about them yelling at each other, you know, in the hall. And then, you know, who was going to buy each other dinner afterwards. But, you know, uh, Nephew said that he had already gone home. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Yep. Good stuff, everybody. Uh, again, we're going to talk about the Myers and Punk stuff on 5-5 matchup. Yeah, so absolutely. Look forward to that. Let's talk about Animevo. Oh, okay. Which is in should week two of its event. This is an ongoing event. Uh, we talked about it last week, but they have a whole set of schedule uh, coming up, right? Mm -hmm. uh, lots of stuff even still. We'll talk about that briefly. Uh, or maybe at the end when we tend to do upcoming stuff. But in any case, uh, this past weekend they did several things. They had BBCF in a few different locations. In North America East, it was won by Ice Cool. In North America West, it was won by Aruka. And in Asia, it was won by Maki. Uh, they also did Fight of Animals <laughs> in Asia, which was won by Lazax, who was playing Muscle Beluga, Egg Dog, and Magic Squirrel. <laughs> I've never played that game. 
Vampire Savior in South America is won by So High with Bishamon. Melty Blood, Actress Again, Curtain Code in North America West is won by Art. Nitro Plus Blasters in NA was won by Baron. Wait, is that was that art like as in San Arturo Sanchez or different art? I'm not sure. It just okay, says okay, art. okay. I didn't watch. That would be super sick. Uh, Alaris won Vampire Savior in NA. Snuggle Guns second. Mighty Mar got third. I thought Mighty Mar wasn't playing. Didn't he? No, he's still playing. I mean, I know he's QA for uh, Iron Galaxy, right? So uh, I don't think he's I ever stopped. I thought that he had to take time out. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Mm, okay. Uh, in any case, nice work. Those, that's a smattering of what happened over the past weekend. Again, as far as the schedule goes, this past weekend they had, like I said, BBCF, Vampire, Melty Blood, Fight of Animals, Nitro Plus Blasters... Uh, they continued the Mahjong stuff as well. <laughs> Which Gundam uh, Jehudi Kai says was, uh, was absolutely ridiculous. And <laughs> now I'm super curious. Okay. <laughs> the Mahjong finals. <laughs> and then we'll talk about this again at the end of the show when it comes to the upcoming stuff. But next week on week three, they are still doing Nitro Plus Blasters for but for Japan. They're going to have Fight of Animals for NA and Europe. They're going to have BB Tag for NA East. They're going to have Hiso Tensoku for NA and South America and Europe. They're going to have Ultra Fight Doc Kanta 2 uh, for North America. <laughs> they're going to have Fantasy Strike Everywhere. They're going to have BBCF for Brazil. And they're going to have BB Tag for NA West Coast. I mean, this, well. is, this is not an easy undertaking, man. So <laughs> they are doing so much stuff. So yeah. much stuff. Yeah. For sure. Let's talk about another game. <laughs> Killer Instinct in KI United. This was a big event that happened for KI. A uh, bunch of players. I think it was almost 200, if I recall correctly. 190. Big event. And really, really good players, of course, as you might expect. I watched a good deal of it. Everybody's so strong. Really, really good uh, matches in here. And do you remember last week, I think we were talking about Oh man, what was the tournament? It was the CGL console combat online event. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, mm -hmm. can you believe that there was a mirror match in grand finals? That never happens in this game. And it was for Arya. And then? Uh, well, <laughs> over the past weekend, the winner was this is the name Skate Fast Eat Ass. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, man. Skate fast, eat ass, one with Glacius. Dude, my, my, no, sorry, I, apologize to people at home, but my internet or Discord is kind of uh, taking a dump on me here, but hopefully it'll fix itself in just a little bit, so. Was it because I said skate fast, eat ass? I think so, actually. I'm pretty sure that's mm. why it happens, so. <laughs> mm. <laughs> We're not expecting that name, huh? I mean, I wait, is it, it, is but he's it, been a good player for a long time. Okay, yeah, I was about to ask. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, you can't have a skate fast, eat ass, come out of nowhere and win a tournament, no. right? I mean, like, with a name like no, that, it's... everybody's got to know about this guy. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, super good. Second place was Carnitas with Glacius. So okay. it was a, uh, it was a Glacius. <laughs> nice. Very, very unusual. 
Third place was Crazy Skate Nate with Jago and Omen. So there's two skaters skate, in the top three? Skate fast, eat ass, and Crazy Skate Nate. And though they really are two of the best KI players. Oh, uh, that's, that's funny. super cool. Really, really good event. Uh, and it's uh, it's cool that some of the same players made it in to the top eights both times the last couple weeks. I think Nikki did as well last time. Latalis did, I believe. I'm pretty sure that Delta Rayquaza did as well. And those are players who are spread around all over, not just NA, but uh, uh, Europe as well. So shout-outs to Killer Instinct for even making that possible. It was a lot of fun. Yep. Good work. By the way, you know, some people are talking about the uh, Tony Hawk remaster coming out. I know the demo is out and everything like that. I never played Tony Hawk 1 and 2. Might be something that I wanted because everybody's talked about how good Tony Hawk was. So, like, I might actually have to just sit down and try to play it. But also just kind of wanted to highlight the fact that they're actually changing the name of that one trick, uh, which I think was the the mute grab, uh, which was... uh, first performed and popularized by a player who is not mute he's deaf (laughs) um and so it was always kind of a a a wrong name and it also just was kind of insensitive so they're actually just changing it and now the name of the trick is actually named after the 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 skater's name and you know I applaud him for that and the reason why I just bring the story up is because I think it highlights how niche communities can change their lexicon, they can change their their words that yeah. uh, are offensive. And you know, in the past, when we have decided to stop using certain words on commentary, people have been like, "That's just our language. That's our scene." And like, it's just not true. <laughs> it's just not true. So come on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last one that I wanted to bring up, again, lots and lots of other community stuff happened, but I just wanted to also shout out CGL for Console Combat Online Injustice 2 happened as well. Oh, dang. Okay, and okay. That, that was won by Lord V Noodles, who plays Robin, which was pretty sick, huh. and he beat Tweety, who was playing mostly Starfire, but some Dr. Fate as well. Very fun to watch, in my opinion. Uh, B-Kith got third, and I'm pretty sure he was playing Leonardo. If I recall correctly, was so it? it's rare to see a Leo up there, but it was a lot of fun to do so. You can definitely see, like those players knew what was up. Like that was not, they were not like, oh, I've been playing Mortal Kombat 11 for a year and a half, <laughs> and now I'm gonna try my rusty old Leo. Nah, he was like doing all the stuff. So it but, was sick. It was really really fun to watch. Uh, wasn't Robin always considered kind of meh? Like, and and was it Hayate who always stuck with him for way too long? Yeah, it was Hayate. I would think. I mean, I'm not sure how people still feel now. I've kind of been not following the game. But by the end of when I followed Injustice 2, people were more like Robin's probably mid to high tier. Okay. High tier-ish. I think people were starting to come to agreement on. Right. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, it was cool. There was, uh, there was a Hellboy up there. There were, ah, whatever. There's a lot of different player, uh, characters. And I just think that game was really fun. Uh, bummer that typically the NRS scene does not support the two simultaneously, both Injustice and Mortal Kombat, but I do think that the scene's getting to a place where that's a little bit more um, self-sustainable. You know, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like people are actually playing the games that they like, and I think that's super, super cool. I'm really happy about that. That's good. That's good. 
and like I said, I think that's important for the scene. We talked about it a little bit last week, yeah. right? You know, to just kind of have this thing and not have this expectation that the game is going to go away. And so that way, yeah. hopefully they just say, you know what? I'm not going to complain about this, hope for a patch, or just wait for the next game. But I'm going to learn how to play through these kind of things. Yeah, that was my memory, too, that Robin went up to about high tier-ish. Okay. But yeah, it was really, really fun to watch. Shout-outs to Lord V. Noodles. Uh, he's a... I mean, he played MK11 at the beginning, too, but I think he just didn't really feel like it fit him. And Tweety, same kind of way. Obviously, he's a very strong MK11 player, but he has been more... Uh, my understanding is he's been playing more Injustice. Oh, interesting. The game okay. that he felt like he, he fit better with. So, all right. Okay. That's all I got for results, and maybe a break? Yeah, what do you want to do here? Yeah, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the 5-5 matchup, talk about some net Cody stuff and whatever it is that you guys want us to talk about. So be right back. Oh, that music might be too loud. There we go. I mean, not super loud for the viewers at home, but just in comparison to our voice levels in any case. Uh, there it is. <laughs> you know, before the stream started, I joked to Pugas that, you know, he always subs during the break to make sure mm -hmm. that we don't say Pugas in the official thing. Thanks, Pugas. I think that was, uh, that was your, that was the, the other notification set, wasn't it? Or was it the new one? Because, you know, you have the two sets of notifications. For your oh, stream, go back to normal? Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't. I, I couldn't tell. Oh, anyways, it doesn't matter. I don't really care anyway. So it should have. <sighs> Desk has a new X Men versus Street Fighter video. What the hell? Thanks for the follow. I'll definitely have to check that out. Oh no, I'm missing the Democratic National Convention. Who won KI Ultimate? Well, that was Skate Fast. Eat ass. <laughs> Oh, the Onion article. What a genius publication. What, what was the article? I didn't see that one. Uh, AOC endorses the Iraq War and now gets to speak longer at the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> Jesus. Uh... I'll be right back. Okay. Uh... tell you guys I'm a tired man and I've been doing so bad at uploading and getting all my videos edited and everything like that so I've actually been doing a lot of work and also a lot of uh, a lot more streaming and prep streaming and all this stuff like this and man I'm tired <laughs> I'm sorry that I haven't done a lot of the daytime streams recently I've been doing mostly nighttime streams these days um, like I know last week I did uh, Wednesday Night Fights, and then on Thursday I did the Generation Spacing. By the way, this Thursday on Generation Spacing should be fun. We're getting uh, Flo out to play against TubaWare 
in some Marvel vs. Capcom 3 to end some decades-long beef. <laughs> um, also, uh, Thursday, I'll talk to David about this. Maybe we'll try to do the show you can scrimmage on Thursday afternoon before the generation spacing stuff. Um, every Monday night... We, uh, I have been doing Soul Cal Distancing, Soul Cal Distancing, uh, which is where I just basically turn on one of the AWS cloud machines and everybody, the whole, like a lot of the Soul Calibur scene is showing up and a lot of the strong players are showing up and I just basically run an arcade cabinet and I just basically have people jump in and they like, I got next, I got next and then I put them on a list and then they go one by one and so we get... Uh, a lot of strong players going up against each other one after another, so it's actually just kind of like this fun... Uh... What? I Was David talking to me, or was David talking to his wife? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, just doing a lot of that stuff. And yeah, Shay, I'm going to be doing that with the uh, Exert as well. I'm trying to do that, so yeah. No, I was just telling people that, you know, on Monday... Uh, I'm doing the Soul Cal distancing streams now on my on, on twitch.tv slash jchenzor where I basically James, run what? I can't believe you didn't call it Soul distancing. What happened? What went on? Because well, th that doesn't it's it's Soul Caliber, right? Soul Shul distancing. Yeah, but that's why it's called Soul Cal distancing, right? So I mean it's Soul Shul distancing. <laughs> uh, I mean come on. It's right there. Fine. I mean, it's it's the same pun. The pun is there, right? So, but I wanted it to be more accurate. That's all. <laughs> I just I couldn't believe it when you didn't actually have. It. Anyway, you want to? Because it's, so it's, so, it's so close. It's so it's so close. Because so cal, so caliber, right? Like I thought it was like more fitting that way. Oh, Ajax is there. I just saw Ajax drove over. Yeah, but I mean, the cool thing about it is I run it like an arcade cabinet. So I basically just have one machine running and everyone plays two out of three sets and they just get in line. And whoever wins just jumps in and plays and then they just keep doing that and it's actually kind of neat. So, Okay. Yeah, I know, right, Shay? I got to think of a pun for Exert now. Got to think of a pun for Exert. Don't exert yourself too hard in coming up with it. Hey-o! We begin. We begin, stuff. <laughs> All right, let's do this. <laughs> Didn't even realize the music stopped. Uh, there we go. Cool. Well, welcome back, everybody. I just had to make sure I was drinking on the on the. Same time you were drinking, I was just trying to match your movements here, that's all, so. Yeah. I hear you, it's like we're in a mirror. Let's get to 5-5 five, five matchup, huh? Yes, let's do this. Let's do it. First, as we briefly addressed, Punk got ninth place in CPT Online NA West. Mm-hmm. When he lost, when he was eliminated, he was playing against Alex Meyer, and you were commentating it. I, I can recall a portion in which you said something like, wow, I can't believe Punk's not reacting to this stuff. He's playing so unlike him. It was something like 
Interesting I would so, choose those words. <laughs> interesting. interesting. <laughs> says that there was big time lag. Yeah. And, well, maybe not says. I mean, I saw a replay from his stream. It definitely looked like there was lag going on. And he was pretty mad about it. Yeah. Pretty mad about it. And initially, he went on Twitter and kind of blew up about it. You know, he was yep. mad at Alex Myers by name, and he replied to a bunch of tweets that was just him melting down, you know, very yeah. clearly. Um, to his credit, I would say, today, he did actually apologize mm -hmm. on Twitter for that, and he apologized to Alex as well, which is great. You know, I'm really happy that he, that he did that. And Alex, Alex also responded as well and said, thank you. Yep. Appreciate that. I still respect you a lot, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, uh, we, 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 we hugged it out. <laughs> we hugged it Definitely. out. So I'm really glad that it's ended up like that. But certainly Punk was mad at that time. Mm. And he, you know, even alleged that Alex was intentionally causing lag by mashing buttons, which is something that you can do in Street Fighter V, unfortunately. And he, like, put up a clip of his perspective with what the stream saw, and he showed, you know, Alex's buttons, and they sure get real buttonsy. and mm -hmm. then it looks like there's a little, you know, netcode issue on the stream itself, on the, the stream spectator lobby. It's true that you can cause lag like that, but also, it's usually not the case that it's that little mashing. I mean, I say, like, he was mashing for sure, but... You got a super mash for lag to be caused in general, okay. and I I typically do that. I mean, don't don't you? You know, if you're knocked down and you want to do a quick rise, I certainly do not do buttons. I don't. I go. I'm mashing. <laughs> Look, a lot of people can do that, right? And and if if I now that I'm playing mostly a charge character, I'm not doing that with a stick. But when I was playing Geef mostly, I'm spinning it, and if I'm knocked down, even you know, I'm not gonna get an SPD because it's I'm knocked down, but I'm just still like buzzing around constantly. Right. I feel like that's very common that people will mash to that degree when they got knocked down. And didn't, I didn't see anything unusual in that clip. Yeah, and, and one thing I just want to add real quick to that is uh, Super Joe Monday um, from you know who runs all the Reddit Street Fighter stuff. He said for yeah. Punk's video that's not enough mashing to cause a lag. And as a guy who runs these tournaments yeah. all the time, he knows what that looks like, you know? So uh, he, he can kind of back that up as well, so. I mean, what do, you, what do you think about this? So here's the thing, right? Both players didn't do anything wrong. Like, I, I think, you know, we, we know what game we're playing. I don't blame Punk for getting mad. Clearly, mm. people know how I get when I play fighting games or anything. You just have to read my Tepin tweets at night to know how I get about things. Um, yeah. uh, I don't blame Alex Myers for feeling himself, for kind of popping off on, on Twitter and, and feeling strong about himself, you know? He got top eight, of course. Yeah, and but doing so by beating Punk, right? Who's the favorite yeah. to win that tournament, right? Now, the problem I think that comes down to it is... See, you know me. I'm a fan of emotions. I, I, I understand emotions. I understand the joy of winning, and I understand the saltiness of defeat and everything like that. Biggest problem, honestly, is that social media has given us a place to yell into the ether, 
right? Which is why now all of my Teppin tweets come with a certain hashtag so people can block it, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you don't have to pay really? attention. Every single one of my Teppin tweets at night come with hashtag nightly Teppin tweet. So if you just want to block it, you don't have to see yeah. it at all anymore. Wow. You know, and, and that's the thing, right? Emotion is there. And I've told people that, like, somebody once even said to me, was like, do you even enjoy Teppin? Like, it was the same thing when I used to play Tekken. People were like, are, do you even enjoy this game? And I was like, weirdly enough, the angrier I am, the more I complain, probably is an indication that I actually enjoy the game a little bit more. Because if I didn't enjoy the game, I wouldn't care. <laughs> you know? Are you, are you Ren from Ren and Stimpy? <laughs> yes, I am. And, and, and that's the whole thing, is that, you know, that's, that's what I understand about the emotion. But like I've said in my streams in the past, you know, having someone to rant to, having that person to kind of just yell into the ether with, it's very valuable, which is why I feel like we're missing a lot okay. of that on the online scene when you're sitting at home playing by yourself. At least when you're in the arcade and you lost and you were pissed, you would just yell to your friend and your friend would be like, yeah, you know, but, you know, or they would be like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you should have DP'd that. I, that's weird. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like depending on the kind of friend you had who knew how to control the situation, you know, right, um, right. it's, it's, it's that's what it is you know well okay yeah that one tekken clip was a different thing but you know for the most part but you know the, the hardest part right now uh social media has kind of messed things up a lot you know we get we we tend to try to clown on someone like punk for getting mad like that but really i mean honestly if you feel like you did lose the lag and this is your chance to go into capcom cup which you got second place last year and you would like to win and cement yourself into history because you're perfectly capable of it and winning two hundred fifty thousand dollars that you can do a lot with your family and stuff like that you're gonna get mad <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's just what's gonna happen and like i said i have no qualms about punk getting salty the problem was was just coming into the social media and getting angry I think it was smart that he kind of, uh, you know, took himself private for a second just to kind of cool off and not keep doing that kind of thing. You know, Alex Myers probably shouldn't have jumped online right away to just be like, yo, look, this is why we do this, you know, and, and, and things like that. You know, kind of knowing that your opponent might be a little salty about it and stuff. But again, just like normally when you'd win at a tournament, you would run up to your friends and be like, yeah, I'm the best. This is why I do this. And it's isolated to that group. You know, and so, again, I don't think anyone did anything wrong. I just think social media exacerbates all of this stuff. It's unfortunate. I would just recommend to people, you know, like, when that stuff kind of happens, to just try to, you know, avoid the social media. So that's why I always limit myself to three tweets and tap in, and I definitely try to make sure there's a lot more positive <laughs> in it uh, than negative these days, even though one of my last ones was, boy, I suck at this game, but, you know... Uh, which of course wasn't even true, you know, that's, that's typical James, man, I'm only in like 1750 points and champion ranked, you know, 1300 top in the world, but boy, I suck at this game, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, that's very James-like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you yeah, know. I don't, I don't blame Alex, certainly. If I made top eight in a CPT event, even if it was online, I'd be very happy and i would talk about it on social media yeah. i'd be like i'm super excited you know i mean i've yeah of course i would definitely be stoked and it wouldn't matter to me one lick that there was 
lag. I, I wouldn't feel that that, you know, uh, uh, made my win any less legitimate. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, because it's an online Street Fighter V event that we are playing over CFN. We all know how it is. They have tried a couple of times to improve it. It didn't really do that much. It's if only like they had a blueprint to follow that they could have fixed their net code by a lot. If only I someone had follow, actually, if only someone had made something that was, yeah. and, and documented clearly how they did it, I don't know, you know. We can all dream. <laughs> we can all dream. All, all to more dream. <laughs> we can, uh, yeah, I... I definitely would be hype, of course. And yeah, I mean I wouldn't feel I wouldn't feel bad for the opponent losing a lag because that's the game. It is the it could just as easily happen to me, and I know that. It has happened to me. It's happened to all of us. That's the context that we're playing in. So I wouldn't get particularly mad. I also wouldn't get particularly Yeah, I wouldn't get particularly mad. But also I'd be excited if I won because it's yeah, just that's yeah. the context. Um so as far as Alex, yeah, that's totally fine. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I wish that Punk hadn't exploded in the way that he did, but the fact that he ended up apologizing about it, it's, you know, it's in yeah. my mind, kind of moves moves us past past this, and it's really not yeah. that big of a deal. It's just, a, it's a bummer that the game that many of us like does not have good online. Yeah, I mean, it's it, uh, unfortunate, but that's the case. Yeah, and and I do like that from Punk because that is that is kind of new from Punk. Right, you know, he's been salty about these kind of things before. Hasn't, you know, come back and you know apologized about it like this. But maybe that's something that nephew talked with him about, you know. And there's another benefit of having the the camaraderie, the you know, the friendship kind of thing, you know. And like I said, being in your house by yourself playing these things, it's hard to re rein in emotions a lot of times. I mean, I always remember the story of when the Beatles were about to break up. You know, when they were just basically they hated each other and they were in the studios and they were just mad the entire time they were recording Let It Be. Then they brought in Billy Preston to help play the piano on Get Back. And they were all like super nice and everybody was all cheery because there was somebody else in there and they were kind of on better behavior. Like that, you know, it's just it's having other people around definitely helps to curb, you know, those kind of emotions like that. And I'm glad to see that from Punk. But again, like you said, we're all playing the games. We know what we're playing. You, when the Soul Calibur players were playing in the Bud Light Beer League, they knew what game they were playing. Like, they, they knew they were getting losing to lag. But they, they couldn't even really be that mad about it because that's just what it is. It's going to happen to the Dragon Ball players, too. So, you know. But you have to have... Yeah, you, you have to know that since we're playing online, that things that happen online are going to be what's relevant. So it doesn't really matter right now that Karen can react, a Karen player can react to anything with a hit confirm. It doesn't like really matter. Mm -hmm. What matters is whether you can do that online. And, and if you are playing a character that is more reaction heavy, it's going to be harder. That's just the nature of it. Yeah. And I'm you know, I'm a little surprised that Punk is still playing Karen. He can still react because he's just a super, super good player at that, but she will suffer more than many when it comes to lag issues. She just will. That's the nature of the character. Mm -hmm. So in the context of an online play situation, yeah, I mean, if I were a competitor, I would be thinking about that. Which characters not only are good, which characters have good matchups, but also what are those matchups like online? Like, 
how can I, how effective is this character online? That's what matters for now and for the foreseeable future, at least yeah. in this country. And, and, you know, James the Powerhead brings up Daigo. I was about to bring him up too. You know, Daigo is one of those players who's the master of adapting to things rather than trying to force what he wants to do in the environment he has. He learns just to play the best in the environment that he's given. You know, he's he won CPT online because he's been playing online. He understands how online changes what he can or cannot do, you know, and he'll practice what he needs to do. And he can still whiff punish people pretty dang good. So, but then again, Japan's internet is a little better, but. <laughs> a little better. All right. Anything else to say about this one? Uh, no, like I said, uh, emotions are going to run high and low. I don't blame either of them for the emotional reaction that they went to. I'm glad everybody was mature about it and it kind of fixed things up. But if you do get that mad, sometimes just consider not going to Twitter. That's just, that's just it, you know, just stay away from the social media for a second. Let's talk about our next topic here that we've also chosen and it's not unrelated. So the producer of DBFC, like we said earlier, did address rollback netcode. Let me go back up to the quote here. The team and I are, of course, aware of the feedback and comments we are receiving from players regarding rollback. Although this is a feature that we would most definitely like to implement, it is technically difficult to have this supported. What do you think about that? Uh, I see it in two ways. One, you know, obviously, you know, Fexel's done it. And uh, their company literally has a game where they're doing it. Not Bandai Namco, obviously, but Arxis, the developers of it, they're doing it for Guilty Gear Strive. So there's some experimentation with it. In Mortal Kombat did it, you know, ripping the net code out and replacing it with something else. So, you know... On the one hand, it's sad to hear because there's a lot of resources out there, I think, that could help make it easier. On the other hand, they talked about rollback netcode. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a win already. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. It's a win already. And not only that, but, you know, like some people in the chat are, are saying, she's not wrong. It's not, it isn't easy to do. Uh, in fact, you know, yeah. uh, the Fexel guy has even talked about it before. He's like, wow, this is really complicated. And high fight, you know, trying to get footsies working with it is, you know, running into issues here and there and such. So it's not simple to implement into your game. And uh, the scope of it, maybe she actually has more information to be able to say it's too difficult because Arxis is trying it for Stride. Maybe that's even, even more informed a decision you know, kind of situation. So, you know what? On the one hand, sad to hear that, you know, it's difficult to implement and a lot of people feel like it sounds like an excuse. On the other side, they talked about rollback and they acknowledged it and they mentioned it. And that's great for everybody. <laughs> that's true. That, that is definitely a good yeah. point. Yeah, it's, it continues this trend. The trend is towards mm -hmm. rollback netcode. And sometimes that trend includes the little, like, skirting to the side that is, well, we're, we'd like to, but just... We don't have the money, or we don't have the resources, or we don't have the time, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that still is towards the trend of rollback netcode. They are addressing it, at least. Yeah. It'd be great if they had it. It would certainly be great if they had it. I also kind of get why they're not. I mean, it's it's not just that they that it is difficult. It's not just that it would cost money. They have sold over 5 million copies of this game. 
without rollback netcode. <laughs> yep. And maybe putting rollback netcode in would be, make pe some people buy it. Maybe I would give it another look if it had rollback. Maybe I'd buy the DLC or something. But they've already sold 5 million copies, and that's a lot of people who will make hair about rollback netcode, you know, certainly some portion of them, but it's also a lot of people who, you know, they didn't care enough about it to not buy the game in the first place. <laughs> yeah, and again, so, uh, you know, just just as a as a clear understanding of rollback netcode, I mean, I some see some people in the chat saying like, oh, well, hey, look, Fantasy Strike put in rollback netcode. Well, clearly, again, if you design your game from the ground up, with the idea that rollback exists. Remember, like, save state is not necessarily that's something super simple to do in a game. You know, save state, you have to figure out everything that you're saving and stuff. It's a complicated process. You're basically adding a whole new thing to your game and then have the ability to, to make the decisions on when you do rollback, how that's going to work. Now, if you build the game from the ground up so that you build the game so that all this information is constantly being recorded for the save state because you're not saving a, a, a JPEG and then you load the JPEG and then it just warps back to that, you know? Like, it's that's not how it works. But if you build the game from the ground up, knowing that you're going to implement rollback, knowing that you have to have the idea to save state and do all these things like that, it's not as bad. If you've created a game where none of that stuff is in there, like I said, it's not a matter of just unplugging one roll net code and plugging in the net other net code. You have to do a lot of magic to make that work and uh to say something like fantasy strike did it why can't they that's just there's no validity in that kind of a, a, a remark because it is hard it isn't easy i don't want anybody to, out there to think that this is an easy thing to do it is a very difficult thing now should it be the standard in the future should all fighting games program it with rollback in mind of course yes Absolutely, but, you know, again, these games are in development like five years before we even see the game. And so, roadmap-wise, we're going to see it not hit a lot of the recent games that we want it to. So. It's true. It would be awesome to see, but I just don't really think that Dragon Ball Fighters fans can expect that. It'd be awesome, but mm -hmm. it would be a surprise. It would be yeah. a big surprise. But at least, like you said, at least it implies that they are thinking about it. Yeah. We're still on that sort of general trend towards some point in the future having good netcode. We're not there yet in every case, or in many cases, but yeah. uh, eventually maybe. I know a lot of people don't like to, to, to look to see the silver lining. Like I said, the fact that she even brought it up and says, yes, we're aware and we're looking into it, is I think is gigantic. Because if they're working on Dragon Ball Fighters Champion Edition, you know, if there is such a thing, you know, you could probably almost be guaranteed that they are already doing the inner workings to make sure that thing has rollback. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of the way that I look at it. Sounds right. All right, you want to move on to viewer questions? Sure, no problem. Let's do this. Cool. Get it up on the screen there. Meanwhile, I'll begin to read. Number one. We have eight questions. Number one. Are the recent Twitter outbursts by top SF5 players over lag on CFN hurting the image of Street Fighter and or the FGC in general? Two. 
Do you think we can overcome the negative perception of zoning, or will it always be hated, seemingly leading to games nerfing zoning more than they should? 3. Do you feel some NRS players' problems with Mortal Kombat 11 are shared by lots of people, or is that just an illusion created by social media? Four. Social media questions. <laughs> yeah. Four. What do you feel is the adequate amount of time between generations of games like Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5 to allow a game to bake? Five. Why does it seem that the NRS community is one of the few communities that does not stick to a single line of games, like going MK9 to Injustice to MKX, instead of just sticking on the straight, the straight line of MK9 to MKX? Six, is learning multiple fighting games at once a good idea, or is it too exhausting to learn that much information? Seven, why hasn't Capcom made a Capcom versus SNK type of game with teams, ratios, group system, etc., since CVS2? If they did, how would you want it to be modernized? And lastly, if there was a new Killer Instinct not developed by Iron Galaxy, which developer would you want to work on it? These are all really good questions, by the way. <laughs> questions, I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, we had two that tied yet again. This has happened a couple times lately. Number one is one of them. Oops. After the recent Twitter outbursts by top SF5 players over lag on CFN, are they hurting the image of Street Fighter and or the FGC in general? And also, number seven, why hasn't Capcom made a Capcom versus SNK type of game with teams, ratios, and group systems since CVS2? If they did, how would you want it to be modernized? Those are the two winners. So, let's get to number one. What do you think about these recent outbursts by top SF5 players over lag? Are they... We talked about it maybe with respect to Punk and Alex Myers, but... Do you think that they are hurting the image of Street Fighter and or the FGC in general? I mean, at this point in time, if you're playing Street Fighter V still, <laughs> like, who is there to hurt the image <laughs> of the game? Like, <laughs> we're in Season 5. Like you said, we know the game that we're playing. We've known about the Ultimate patch. We've known about all this stuff. And everybody talks about how terrible the rollback netcode is in Street Fighter V. Can you really hurt it any more than what we've already heard, what we already done? I personally don't think so. If you're still playing Street Fighter V, you know what you're into. And uh, I think all of us complain about the netcode like constantly. You know what I mean? I, I don't even think it's recent. It's been five years since we've been complaining about it. And uh, is it worse than it was before? No. <laughs> is it? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I should say, is the complaining worse than it was before? No. It's about the same. And, and again, like, I just don't think there's anybody to hurt the image too now. Like, if you're still watching Street Fighter V after five years and you start reading this, you're not going to go, yeah, yeah, the netcode does suck. I'm going to stop playing. <laughs> you know, it's too late. It's too late. Great point, punk. That's true. The netcode isn't great sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, of course. I agree with you. I agree with you. We all know it. We all know it. And... Certainly within the Street Fighter community, nah, it's not going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Within the larger FGC, will the FGC, if you're not part of the Street Fighter scene, will you think of the Street Fighter scene as being worse? I don't think so. In fact, I think that there are people who would view a more uh, 
sort of aggressive approach to trying to get Capcom to improve the netcode. I think that they might view that as more positive for the Street Fighter scene. (laughs) They might think, wow, the Street Fighter players are actually paying attention to the game that they're playing now, huh? It sounds like they're actually... (laughs) Right, they might like think higher of them. <laughs> there's, there's a well, there's a lot of like, I can't believe people are playing Street Fighter Five. I mean, you know, that, mm-hmm. there's a mentality that exists. So I think that that actually might improve it. As far as outside of the FGC, it's definitely not hurting the FGC in general. It's for sure. If you're somebody who is not paying attention to the FGC, you didn't hear about Punk talking about this. You just didn't even come across it. There's no way. Right, there's, it was, this was not some story in the New York Times. You know what I mean? This is... We're small. We're small. This is what it is. And, and if you aren't paying enough attention to know that the net code's bad in Street Fighter Five, then you didn't hear about Punk this weekend. You yeah. just didn't even come across it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I agree with King9999 that, you know, it's just like you're tired of hearing about complainings and st- complaints and stuff. But, mm, I mean, I you know, like, like you said y- last week from the NRS scene, I know you're tired of hearing, I know Aquaman was tired of hearing about the complaints, you know. Everyone's, every scene is sitting there crying about their game in some way, shape, or form. And- oh, yeah, totally, yeah. That, w- that was not an NRS-exclusive problem, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, every scene <laughs> has complaints about their game. Nobody feels like it's perfect. Right. Especially so. when it comes to the netcode, which many games do not get right. Yeah. That so. doesn't mean that they don't like the game overall. I mean, that doesn't mean that they're not playing the game all the time. Right. Those are... Sound. It sounds like it should mean that. It sounds like you should, <laughs> if you're not somebody who enjoys the game, it sounds like you shouldn't be playing it, but really, you're somebody who enjoys the game in many ways, but you have a significant problem with a couple things about it. It's like I said, that's why I say the, the 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 saltier I am, the more it means I care. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You gotta mm, do the Ren thing here. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You idiot. Oh man. All right. The other one that got first place here. Why hasn't Capcom made a Capcom versus SNK type of game with teams, ratios, group systems since CVS two? And if they did, how would you want it to be modernized? So his question is not, why haven't they made a Capcom vs. SNK3, which almost certainly is due to Mm -hmm. licensing issues, or at least part of it. It's Capcom could do the same. They could have Capcom versus Capcom, or whatever, you know, stuff that they own, and they could do teams in that way, in the same way that, like, a KOF game tends to do it. They could have grooves. They could do that stuff again. Why do you think that they haven't? Uh, You go first on this one, because I kind of know where I stand on this one, but I'm curious what you think about this. Okay, so I, I did, I should note, I did shorten this question. The question did say you might consider that Capcom Fighting Jam was that same sort of idea, um, which maybe, yeah. maybe you could say that. I don't know that it's the same exact kind of thing because it's not like you could play a Darkstalkers character in Red Earth mode. Yeah, and not only that, you didn't even need to change your character if you didn't want to. Like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. mechanic so was... really the same, but like maybe you want to consider that. But right. they certainly haven't done something as complex as CVS 2. So I would say that I think that it is because there's a lot of unnecessary complexity in a game like okay, CBS2. Okay. You have a ton, well, there's six grooves. I don't know how many characters there are. I would guess 40-ish, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot of complexity in there. Each groove has some substantial differences. What happens in reality is that people play two to three grooves, really. There are some heroes out there who play S-groove. There's a couple heroes out there who play P-groove. 
it's rare. Even N-Groove, by the end of the game's life, was much less common. You know, you, people were playing A and K, and like occasionally you saw a C. Mm. So you had, you had all this complexity, and it kind of got boiled down because players were like, well, this one is just the better. It's just the better <laughs> option yeah. compared to this other one. Why would I play P-Groove Super? I mean, there's, there's any number of reasons not to play P, right? Same with S. Why just play just play another group? So I think that games that get all this complexity built in like that, oftentimes the way that it really plays out is that that's not really there. People ignore it. And that's kind of how I feel about a game like CVS2 if they were to make a new one. I think if they were to do that, they don't need to have six grooves to have three or four or something, I don't know, at max. Maybe have maybe not have three teams. Maybe not also have the the ratio system. There's all these little sub things in there. When you're somebody in the arcade who picks up CVS2 for the first time, you've never played it before. <laughs> it's a mystifying experience, right? Yep. You you have, have to you have to pick your groove. What is this? Then you have to pick from a giant list of characters. Then you have to say which one want you want to be like what number. Or maybe you just picked one and it's a four. It's like it could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then after all of that, now you get to pick the order of your characters. It's yeah. just this big, it's a, it's just a big mystifying process until yeah. you're somebody who really puts the time in. At which point, you no longer play S group. Right now, you're just playing K group or A group. So I, you know, I CBS two is a good a good game in many ways. I know some of my friends it's their favorite game, but as far as making that kind of thing again, I think that if they were to do so, they would have it be less. Um, they would have it be a little bit more streamlined, maybe yeah. is what I should say. No, I mean, th that's pretty much where I stand, because I've talked to a lot of not only game developers, but, you know, fighting game developers and stuff, and, you know, one of the main goals in Street Fighter Four was to reduce that, because it just kept getting more complicated every game. Alpha 3 introduced isms, which were just basically three grooves, and they had all their own systems and all this flipping and all this other stuff, which is super complicated. And then CVS 1 came out, and then CVS 2 came out, and now you could pick whatever. And yeah, a lot of times people, sometimes they wouldn't even just get past the character select screen. They'd just be super confused, like, what am I even doing with this? And like, can I, I just... saw that happen in the arcade back in the day. Yeah, you're just like, can I just start chucking fireballs, please? You know, kind of a situation. And so... You know, uh, that's why a game like Street Fighter V, you know, starts with only one V-trigger, only one V-skill, and slowly adds them on because you can kind of ease people into a little bit more complexity. So, you know, just from game design standpoints, from people that I know who, who have helped create multi-million selling super huge franchises, you know, they talk about that a lot, that CVS2 was just too confusing, and it was too weird for people to sit down and just like, what am I doing? And so we're not going to see a lot of that kind of stuff. So I agree with David that if they are going to make something like that, it's going to have to be streamlined a lot. You probably won't have as many grooves. I mean, they tried easing us into it with CVS1, only two grooves, and you couldn't pick the ratios, you know, but, and then it just got really complicated in CVS2, but... You know, uh, at this point in time, especially with the push towards, you know, making games a little more beginner friendly, a lot of that is going to come from the menu screen and, and from picking your characters and such. So I, I, I don't think we're going to see something like that anytime soon. Now, are we going to get something like Arrival Schools where it's just like, hey, here's just these schools and, you know, you can pick? Maybe, 
But I don't think we're going to see anything crazy like CVS2 unless we expect it to be created by an indie team that makes an indie fighting game that's an homage to CVS2 that's yeah, a niche kind of thing. Yeah, that's a niche thing. But for mainstream, I don't know if we're going to see that at any time soon. So I think that's right. And I think that that is... I think that other games that Capcom have made have maybe helped drive that point home. You could look at gems as this kind of system, right, of sort of having grooves that you yourself construct, and especially mm-hmm. the way that they ended up doing the competitive mode in in Street Fighter Cross Tekken, where you picked sets of gems, right? It's groovish a little bit. Gems. And that just ended up not being that interesting the way that they did it. It just ended up not being very successful. And then in MVCI, it has ended up that people pick a bunch of different stones. It's ended up yeah. that way. The, the start was everybody was playing Space Stone and Reality Stone. That was, and again, diversified, right? That it ended, up, ended up happening for people who were really dedicated to the game. But the initial impression was like, well, I'm just going to, here's my two, right? And <laughs> people didn't really want to uh, initially spread out from that. Right. I kind of think that's just how it goes when people are confronted with a game that offers them a bunch of different choices until they really get into it, which is great. And I, I you know, I think that's awesome. But it will mean that a lot of people are kind of out of the scene, out of the picture mm-hmm. by that point. So if you're going to spend a lot of money to try to make a game that you want to have broad appeal enough to make your money back and make a profit and stuff, yeah, I don't know if designing a game like CBS2 again is the way to go about it. Yeah. As much as I'd love to see something like that, you know, like I would love to see CVS2 in today's era of fighting games where role canceling got patched out and they actually balanced the characters where they're all actually decent, you know, (laughs) like I would love to see something like that. But again, that's building off of a nostalgia thing and uh, going from scratch. Uh, you'd be surprised how much a game like CVS3, if it came out and had all that options and stuff like that, probably wouldn't sell and probably wouldn't be that successful, weirdly enough. I think it's mostly not true that game developers are actually designing games that they intend to be simple. I think, you know, we've talked about this many times. Yeah. I think that, they're, that that tends to be a PR thing and that in reality the game will end up complex because that's just been the experience so far. Yeah. Well, I do think that this this instance of the CBS2 select screen where you have to go through, I mean, literally, it's Groove, one of, I don't know, 50 characters, then which ratio, then which one, there's four steps, right? Right. That kind of, that kind of like, initial complexity is probably just not going to happen. Again. Yeah. At least, at least not at launch for a game. Yeah. Uh, and don't get me wrong, uh... uh... Clies? Cleese? Not sure. Yeah, a lot of people love roll canceling. Roll canceling made CVS2 a better yeah. game. I'm not saying that. Ro- I'm not saying patch out roll canceling because it's broken. No, roll canceling made the game better. <laughs> it actually balanced the game really, really well. Uh, I'm just saying that it's just not something that was intended to be there, and it's too obtuse to force people to do. Uh, so if you made, you know, if if it was out in this age, it would have gotten patched out pretty quickly that's just all i'm saying so yeah Yeah. like people are saying there are versions of that game they released that do not have role canceling and those are not the ones that anybody yeah exactly 
Because like I said, it's, it's basically like, oh, we're going to take away Oro and Urien's unblockables in Third Strike. Why? That was how they competed. <laughs> right? So, like, you take away roll canceling from CVS2, and now you've just erased, you know, 70% of the cast are going to die to Sagat Lofius again like it was when the game first came out. So, <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, which one of these do you want to answer otherwise? God, okay. Do you think we can overcome the negative perception of zoning? Or will it always be hated? You know, somebody actually said to me, because, you know, I'm a purple apologist on Teppin, and everybody hates purple. I hate green. And uh, someone yeah. actually said to me, is like, purple isn't as messed up as, every, as everybody says it is, but it's the zoning of card games. It's just, yeah, it's denial. Sense. It's just denial. Right. And that's why everybody hates it. And it was just like light bulb. <laughs> Oh. Light bulb went on. I was like, you know, again, that guy with the gif. You know, that guy, yeah. like, it just made sense and it, it all makes sense now. Uh, Definitely. I yeah, I, I think, I mean, just to briefly address this one, because I'm not sure it would even take a lot of time to say. Uh, I don't think that we can overcome the negative perception of zoning. I think there's, at this point, 30 years of examples <laughs> in every part of the entire world that has played fighting games where everybody who has encountered that, a significant portion of them think that zoning's stupid. <laughs> Everywhere, right? Different cultures, different parts of the world, different yep. times, different decades, different games, different designs in those games, every single time. Yep. Every time. It's just because so, the problem with zoning is when it works, it feels like you can't yeah. do anything. Yeah, it's I mean, it's just, it's just not going to be like that. Even as somebody who I obviously really enjoy it, right? I love playing zoners. I will, I will recognize that many people do not. Dude, I mean, like and I said, I there, think that it's just we're not going to overcome that. There we'll times, overcome it at, at once you get to a certain competitive level, but if you're somebody yeah. who's in sort of the come up or if you're just a viewer, never going to happen. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I played Harlequin in Injustice 2 for a little bit. There were some matches where it just, like, I just knew what the guy was going to do. And he couldn't do anything. And you could just tell he was seething at the other end just through the body language of, of the way that he was playing. And then I would play somebody else who used that exact same character and I couldn't do diddly squat to keep them out. You know, and you just have to play a zoner and understand and feel how it is when it works and then when it doesn't work. You know what I mean? To understand that it's yeah. just not as good as it really is. So. But... But they won't. Yeah, they won't. Yeah. They won't. I, I absolutely agree with Tiny Text eighty five who says I never play as zoners, but I love fighting them because there's no win that I get more satisfaction out of than getting in on a zoner and blowing them up. I entirely agree with that. So I do play zoners, but I also play many non zoners, and I I really enjoy the process of knocking down somebody else's puzzle. Right? Yeah. To, to zone is to create a puzzle that the opponent can't solve. Right? That's the intention there. You're constantly moving the pieces around to make that happen. But if you, as the attacker, solve that puzzle, super satisfying. I agree. But, I mean, we're players who are on the more competitive yeah. side, and I just don't think that we're going to get to the point with non-competitive <laughs> players where they think it's going to One of my favorite matchups of all time is still hyper-fighting Zangief versus Guile. Which right, is, right. for all intents and purposes, a 2-8 matchup. 3-7 right. matchup at best. But I still remember, I, you know, I played Duck Doe and I beat him with my Zangief in that tournament that Watson threw at Super Arcade. And then Duck's like, I want to run back when next time I visited and we ran him back and I played Ken against this guy. 
and I lost twice, and I was like, no, forget this. And I went to Zangief, and I beat him five in a row, because I was just like, you know what? Like, Ken <laughs> versus great. Guile is a way better matchup than Zangief versus Guile, but, like, I just love that matchup so much, dude. <laughs> it's I get so it. fun. Uh, let me see. What do you feel is the adequate amount of time between generation of games? There's a, a couple of NRS questions here. Do, why don't they stick with it? Uh, players' problems with MK11 are shared by a lot of people. Is learning multiple fighting games at once a good... Okay, I want to answer this question, actually, because yeah. I know we've talked about it several times, but you know, just to kind of expand it, is learning multiple fighting games at once a good idea, or is it too exhausting to learn that much information? It is a brilliant idea. And in fact, I almost recommend it to everyone to do that. However... Limit it. Don't play everything unless you're just that guy who has to play everything and enjoys doing that or you're like Sonic Fox or Say Jam and you can pick up a fighting game in like 30 minutes and be like really effective at the game all of a sudden. Uh, pick your main game, but try some other ones because the things that you learn from the other games change how you view everything. Like I got better at Street Fighter V because I played Tekken 7 and I had to really grind Tekken 7. I understand Soul Calibur a lot better because I played Tekken, Street Fighter V, and Samurai Showdown and now I have this real strong understanding between the difference of uh, mind games and heart games. You know, this is something that I've talked about a lot recently. By playing these different games, I really have a much stronger understanding of how to approach fighting games and what skills are prominent in, you know, different execution, etc., etc. So if you can, dabble in a couple of other games. You don't have to take them seriously, but I 100% recommend it because you could be playing Street Fighter V this whole entire time and go, I don't get it, I hate this game, maybe fighting games aren't for me. Then you go play Grand Blue and you're like, holy shit, this game sings to me. And you have a completely different game that you're now completely enamored with. So, you know, definitely take the time to try different things and learn, because they're not all the same. Every fighting game is so different. So definitely try them out differently. Where is David going? Oh, I think the cat wants to get out. I think the cat wanted to get out of the room. The cat is like pawing at the door maybe or something like that and so uh david david i mean actually he just went to go out this way over here he walked out this way of the table because clearly that's not a wall over there so david just walked this direction oh the cat wanted in i see okay okay all right that's fair that's fair hi hi ajax Hi, kitty. Oh, All right. what a good boy. What a good boy. Yeah, my, my cat was whining a lot. He okay. just drove here himself to James's yeah. place, where I also am. Yeah. And he we didn't let him in the front door. Yeah. So he was whining. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. And so, yeah. So no. now we got him. <laughs> oh, what a, uh, well, I'm just going to tap the back of your chair because I don't want to, like, touch the cat and disturb him. So I'm just going to pat the back of your chair. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, kitty. Oh, kitty. Look at this. Let me scratch its ear. Fighting games, multiple fighting games at once is a good idea in the sense that it helps you learn a little bit more about how to play even the game that you most like. There comes a limit to that. And if you want to learn a little bit about many different games, definitely do that. 
it's pretty hard to play more than just a couple of games really well at any one time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some of the true geniuses out there do that, but in general, people are three or fewer games that they could like be yeah. incredibly strong at at any one time. So just keep that in mind. Shout out to Ajax. Ajax is such he's a not... handsome cat. I, yeah, I, he's, he's awesome. I can't explain, like, why I, like, for me, it's more accurate to describe him as handsome than, like, a beautiful cat. But, like, he is just such a handsome cat. <laughs> he's got this very, right. like, nice stature to his face, you know? He's a very classic cat-looking cat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. You don't have to tell me. Believe me. <laughs> At least 30% of our conversation in this house is about how beautiful our cats are. <laughs> Minimum. Yeah, I, I understand. Anything else to say on this 5-5 uh, five, five matchup here? Uh, let's see. And then there was a Killer Instinct. It was not developed by Iron Galaxy. Which developer would you want to work on it? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm good. I'm good. We can save this okay. maybe for next time if people want to re-ask some questions makes sense to me we don't get a lot of All questions right. re-asked that were not answered you're absolutely welcome by the way to resubmit the question that was not answered you are absolutely welcome to do that just so you guys know 100 <laughs> percent yeah all right good boy so let's move on to game news and some other stuff to discuss there is in tekken 7 a new patch it's out that's right the notes came out too, right? The, new, the notes did come out. Yeah, a few characters got changed. Fakamram got nerfed in a few ways. Maybe normalized is a more accurate way to yeah. put it, to my understanding. Uh, in addition, they added a skip your turn feature in online lobbies. I am not a Tekken player, and I couldn't believe it didn't have that feature when somebody told me that. I couldn't believe it didn't have that I'm, feature. I'm but still trying to figure it out. It came out today that now you can skip your turn in the lobby. I'm just trying to remember Tekken lobbies. Because <laughs> I don't think I ever have played in Tekken lobbies. Tekken's online has a lot to be desired. And I'm not talking about the netcode. I'm just talking about the, the feature yeah. set of it. Although I do like death matches on there, which is even on rank, you can challenge someone forever. And that's always right, kind of right, nice. Because right. sometimes you run into that guy who's even and you're both trying to level up. And I do also like the fact that, because one of the th discouraging things about playing Street Fighter V is once you get to Diamond, it takes as many points to get to Diamond to like get to the next level of Diamond. <laughs> you know, like it makes it harder to feel like you're advancing. Like there needed to be more divisions, yeah. and Tekken is very quick in the divisions, and so you do end up with these death matches a lot, where the two of you just fight until one of you jumps to the next one, and it's it's kind of cool. So <laughs> that, that part is cool. Yeah. So, bit of a patch there. We talked about the Dragon Ball stuff, that's for sure. Skullgirls, Annie of the Stars, is coming to Skullgirls Mobile. And then at the end also it says Skullgirls Second Encore. That's in early 2021. They have a trailer out where you can see how she plays. Uh, she's one of the characters who appeared in the old Kickstarter that they had. You could yeah, vote her if you uh... wanted to. And she's been a story character, but... 
Yeah, finally coming out. Pretty cool, yeah. huh? Very, very popular amongst the fans as well. She was always supposed right. to be like the raging kind of soul bad guy inspired kind of character. And, you know, it was funny because I was watching that mobile trailer and I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm like, wow, they went through all this effort to put her in the mobile game, all these sprites and everything like that. I was like, why wouldn't they just throw her into the actual game? I guess they're probably not. And then at the end, it was like, here, surprise. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. It was a really, really good trailer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. Yeah, because it was all mobile, and then right, I had the same reaction as you did. Why isn't this in just like the main game people are playing on consoles? Right. So they that, did it. Good work. Yeah, good and work. again, you know, it's always exciting to see a game like that supported. You know, Skullgirls community loves their game. They're getting a new character. Like, how hype is that? <laughs> like, they're probably it's like, amazing, yeah. it's going to change a lot, right? And, you know, new balance things to wonder about and new team compositions. And, and because yeah. of infinite uh, assists, you know, which, of course, a lot of people ask, why don't they add that into other games? And that's the reason right there. We talked about CVS2, the complexity kind of thing. Yeah. But from indie uh, developers, you can expect it. But, you know, yeah. once you have all of that from Annie, like, it just, it just busts the game wide open again. And I think that's really exciting. I think that's really Definitely. cool. So expect her in early 2021. Yeah, super cool. Shouts to them still developing, still doing work. Yeah. Very, very cool. In Street Fighter V, they are doing this costume contest something we addressed in the past uh, yes. now we know what the 12 finalists are so can you click the link there and put these on the internet yeah i was about to do that where is the link if you just scroll down oh, yeah I the see, way that I they see. did it is a little funky it's on street fighters twitter account and then yeah. you have to sort of scroll down and they're not in like a tweet chain or anything like that you just have to see them individually yeah you have you have to that's because the contest is entirely designed through likes correct so that's that's why so they posted them all up and you have to vote on them through likes, and I need—I still need a third monitor, man. Jeez, because like we, we we did we did talk about the TFH character last time, just to note. Yeah. Uh, did we? Definitely we, went over did that. Did we talk about the TFH character? I can't even remember at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean it's in the notes, so I assume that we did. Oh, okay, but, okay, okay. Uh, it'd be weird if we hadn't done it, but yeah, Shanty is announced for them's fighting her. It's gonna okay, be the seventh okay. character. They did DLC, or it is DLC. And uh, they had a little stream where they talked about what the character does. So, yeah, we talked about that. I probably kind of made a mistake here, actually. Let me recapture this because uh, I did this wrong over here. Uh, because okay. the, the pictures are going to be taller than the tweets. And so I, I better make sure I have the whole entire screen. Oh, no, I'm trapped. What? what the... Oh, <laughs> yeah. This is why I a said... facial anomalies. This, this is why oh, I, no. I say I need a third monitor. Because I'm capturing the screen off of two monitors, and wherever I move XSplit, I can't move it on any of the monitors that doesn't block something I'm capturing. So wait, you're not doing, you're not doing, window capture? Uh, I do screen capture. Because if I do window capture, it still gets covered up a lot of the time. The only way window capture works is if it's the game. If I actually, if it's like Street Fighter Five from Steam. Is the only way I can make it work. So uh, the other ways always still seem to get blocked. I'll double check. Maybe I have a setting wrong or something like that. But I'll try. I'll see if I can get that to work next time. Because if I can, that would be friggin' brilliant. So. So here's the costume contest. They ended up choosing 12, and like James said, the way that they're, they're going to decide the winner is by likes. So 
whichever of these 12 you like, you can give a like to, and there's nothing stopping you from liking all 12 if you want, but of course not everybody's doing that, and eventually we're going to end up with a character who has the most likes after the period of time. So, you got it up on the screen there? Yeah, you yeah, got the I Alex got the one. So that's one, yeah. Number one in this. So yeah, Alex one. He's a New York mobster. Look, I... Fine, I don't know. I love this costume. Because I, okay. like, I like the New York theme. It's a, it's a nice, snazzy look. Uh, if it, this one won, we would never see it, which is the problem, but, you know... <laughs> And his legs would yeah. still be backwards, you know? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, there's a fundamental problem here. And that is that on these two sides that they've shown, they actually accidentally swapped the body, the uh, the upper body there. It should <laughs> be that the right torso on this picture is actually on the left legs and vice versa. Yeah. I believe I, that's more I, I actually really, really like what Moose Stream said, that they should have did a male and a female category. Just that is a great idea because actually. we all know which one's gonna win. We all know which one's gonna win. All right, let's get to number two. All right, numero dos. I didn't. I did not vote for Alex. Yeah. So this. I think one, it's fine. This one. Here's is, the guy I want. Yeah, this one is cute for sure. I Family mean, it's, Man, it's a clever idea. It's it's funny. It's a clever idea. I think that the execution of it maybe there could have been a little bit more, like a little bit more driving into the family guy idea family man idea uh -huh. i don't know he's disheveled because he's taking his kids to soccer practice or something right <laughs> it's a little, like, but it's a clever idea. clever idea yeah yeah i like the idea of a family man guile for sure so all right let's go to the next one number three jury now this jury. is one of those costumes that i wish i knew how to read Japanese and, and, and Chinese and stuff because I'd like to know what all of this stuff says. I don't know what all this stuff says, so I, I want to know what the theme is. Like, I actually really like the little, you know, spider and the butterfly thing here on the back of the cloak. Uh, mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think it's a neat design, but obviously, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's about all I can say to it, so... Yeah, I think it's nice. I think it's nice. Yeah. And period. Okay. Number four. <laughs> okay. It's not like my cup of tea, really. But I can see how people like it. All right, so this one apparently breaks the rules is what I've read. Apparently it was actually posted before the contest. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I've read. But maybe they're just going to ignore that in case it wins. It won't win, for sure, because it's E-Honda. But apparently that is the case. Yeah. In any case, dude, I think this is so sick looking. Look at this. The the actual carrying this out, the execution of it, might be difficult in the Street Fighter V. It might be. It might be too busy. It might be maybe his hair is clipping into his butt or whatever. You know, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's pretty sick looking. I really like it. Yeah, it's, it's a cool outfit. It might be a little bit too busy. It might be one of those outfits that ends up getting banned because it like obfuscates his hitboxes or something weird like that you know how that always goes so uh yeah. i like the idea i of think it. it's so cool as a as an outfit as as a design i think it's so cool so <laughs> cool you just like it because it's honda that's all no it's not true <laughs> all right this one i really like the idea of it the only problem with it is 
is that Nadeshko will never change costumes. No, didn't they do that finally for the tracksuit one? Did they? Does Nadeshko actually have a tracksuit? <laughs> I, that's what I thought. I didn't know. I, I, I thought that she's always been uh, just the same no matter what. So. Yeah, there you go. Everybody in the chat's agreeing. Oh, okay. Yeah, has a tracksuit. Okay, okay. If they could change it, that would be cool. Now, obviously, everyone says that this one's really cute, but that's also the chibi art style here that makes it that cute. Uh, obviously, if it was in-game, it wouldn't have that same kind of cute flair. It would just be Mika in this outfit, so... Yeah. Uh, to me, this is the least interesting outfit of the whole bunch. I'm bored looking at it. I think there's... I don't understand. I, I, I honestly... I think it I has. I, it's, it's mystifying to me why this is the one that got in and not some of the super sick ones that did not. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. I think. I think it just more has to do with uh, Japan sensibilities than it is uh, anything else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. And this is. Uh, yeah, I just. I mean, maybe, maybe there's some cultural context that I'm missing, but I just uh, don't understand it. Yeah. And this is uh, from Richard Suono. Uh, I only mention his name in particular because he's been a long-time artist in the fighting game community. Uh, cute Sakura outfit. I mean, the, the, the pluses on this one really are the subtle references and, you know, kind of like mm -hmm. hidden inside jokes, a serve bot pin. Obviously, the little takoyaki octopus looks like Karen, which is kind of hilarious. And the mm -hmm. X and the Zero Mask are based off of the original Puzzle Fighter uh, box art from PlayStation on PlayStation 1, I think it is, uh, where the Chun-Li head okay. was basically that, that exact smile and eyes and eyebrows and stuff. So there's a, oh, lot, wow. of, there's a lot of references on this one, which are kind of neat. That's cool. I didn't get that part of it. Yeah. I, I definitely like the references. That's cool. That's a cool, yeah. cool thing to point out. And again... Just like the, 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 the Sakura one, a lot of uh, Asian sensibilities on this one. So uh, I think it has a lot of appeal for the Asian audience as well. You mean just like just like the Mika one? Yeah, I like the Mika one. I like the Mika one. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, obviously it's a really nicely drawn set of art. References are cool. It's not one that I voted for, but uh, I think yeah. I, the, the octopus, just, the, the Karen octopus, just makes me laugh. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. That's it's genius. Great. I mean, you've got the you know, well, they only gave her six arms apparently, but still, you know, having it be basically Karen's hair, you know, doubling as the tentacle arms, I think is actually hilarious. Right. So. I I agree for sure. Uh, here's a Balrog one. Sci-fi boxer, I think, is a pretty cool idea. I think imagining this in-game where he's, like, doing a dash punch and he's got, like, these kind of, like, funky Tron rockets that are, like, propelling him as he's doing a dash punch, I think that could be super cool. Yeah, yeah Doomfist Rog is, is a lot what it looks like, Doomfist from uh, Overwatch. Uh, so I, I, I think it's, personally, I think it's pretty sick. It does seem to me like the kind of outfit that is a little bit more niche, but... yeah. Uh, I mean, I personally, I think it's really sick. This is one of my favorites. Yeah, this one I, I, I didn't really get. <laughs> uh, I, I guess thematically, I just I didn't see it as sci-fi. Like I couldn't tell if it was like gladiator or you know. I, I think the design is cool. I I'm not sure I, I like the the goggles or anything, you know. But it's just it's kind of weird to me. I don't know. I I I didn't understand this one that much. Okay. Um, this one, Manat, I, 
I don't know. I, again, was one of the ones that I didn't really understand and wasn't sure exactly what the theme of it was. And so, uh, no real, no real say one way or the other on this one. Uh, I think it's so cool. I really, really like this one. Oh, yeah? So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like a card dealer Mana, and she's going to be dealing cards. You know, she's got the clubs, and you got the spades up there. I think that's pretty sick looking. I really like the kind of funky shading, like lighting kind of, on the right side. I think that's really interesting. So I like it a lot. For me, this okay. is... Okay. Yeah, now favorite. that you mentioned that it's like a card dealer, like a casino kind of thing, I get it now. I get it now. And that actually definitely improves the uh, the appeal of it. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Because I, I couldn't tell what it was at first, to be honest with you. So, but now that you kind of mention it and I see it now, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely, I think it's really cool. Definitely a lot cooler. I guess as somebody who's basically just doesn't go gambling all that much... Uh, <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. But, and here's your I've, winner, by I've the way. <laughs> yeah. And here's first place. Here's first place. The basically uh, scantily clad jury with a bison hat and a Seth shawl. And uh, there you go. The the funniest thing to me about this is that jury does not stand like that. Right. And then the the person who drew this drew like as huge of a butt and thigh as possible and gave her a significant help up top you might say (laughs) as well and like if you if you go back and look at the previous jury which is like actually more like how jury looks that one's not gonna get first place it's probably not gonna get top three this one is gonna dominate right now it has 16.3 thousand votes by contrast the Minot has 5,000, the Boxer has 5,000, the Sakura has 13,000, but this one is gonna, this one's gonna dominate by thousands of votes for sure. And it's because (laughs) of the art style, 100%, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dude, come on, like, she's not gonna look like that in the game, she just doesn't look like that. I don't know. Look, I mean, obviously, look, there's definitely a specific design goal with with this uh, this outfit, and like I said, the art is great. And uh, yeah, I mean, I get the idea of because she's part of the Shadowloo storyline, she's part of the uh, you know has the the, the Sin storyline. I do think that this probably would have been more uh, of a Poison costume, though Poison would have less reason. Lee costume. Yeah. This, it wouldn't have as much to do with the Shadowloo hat and the Seth shawl, to be honest with you. Like I said, it's a good drawing, and you know it, it's going to win. And uh, it is. in a way that I kind of do wish that there was a, uh, a a male versus female, you know, a male and a female category here. Uh, <laughs> and Dude, don't I worry, I'm a hundred percent aware that the artist is in the chat right now, and I'm, I'm not trying to dog on it. Like I, I think oh, it's for real. Yeah, it's Sick. a great it's a great drawing, and uh, yeah, like I said, I get its appeal. Uh, I I think the touch of the little spider across the middle of the belt is hilarious that it's that is what like I feel like as the artist you're like hey everybody look I put a this is the thing here check it out it's like kind of ties it together and 
nobody's seen it. Nobody has looked at this art and thought, oh, there's the spider thing on the belt right there. No, the, that's not what anybody's <laughs> looking for. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, congrats on the win. Congrats on the win. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, where am I here? I'm trying to get into this one over here. Uh, Biker Zangief. Yeah, I think this one's pretty cool. I like it. It's definitely something that uh, plays to Zangief as a character. Like, it kind of it makes sense for him as a character. It has a lot of cool little Zangief references. You know, the hairstyle there, the helmet that has a similar hairstyle. I like it. I think it's cool. It's going to get dunked 100%, but I, it's one that I think is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't have any problems with it. I like it. I just, it's just, I guess it just was unexpected to me <laughs> to see Biker's Angie seem kind of like a, a, a interesting decision, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess, because I guess for me, like when I think of a biker, I would think more like Abigail, Rufus kind of thing like that, less Zangief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would go like it's deep. That makes sense. Yeah, so it, it was just kind of a like the design is good. I guess for me, it's I guess it's kind of like a little bit of the 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 lore, the loreish kind of factor that kind of confuses me a little bit. And at least the shape. Yeah, his his proportions are not entirely accurate. Yeah. Although I'm not sure that that's a prerequisite yeah. for being in this contest. Plus, the the shades would have also hide, hidden his uh, tubes for eyeballs. <laughs> that's nice right yeah as well so the pipes the pipes <laughs> midlife crisis give yeah 100 percent. yeah thong vega all right oh yeah horny vega yeah that's right yeah i mean this you know so like it's definitely a nicely drawn vega for sure uh, I mean, the thing about it is, it's it, the, the thong part doesn't bother me at all, which is what everybody thinks, right? Like, it's I think the hoodie is just kind of weird, a weird design on the hoodie. Um, also, you know, people are like, oh, you know what, this would be, you know, this will attract more women to the game. Look, the women like Hot Ryu, they like Cody, who's dressed in a freaking suit, right? I mean, this like, it's not the same kind of appeal kind of thing. So, you know, it's it's a it's a very different kind of mentality, but. Uh, I, I, like I said, I just the, the the hoodie I feel like doesn't really match as well with the with the with the speedo. Like I I would have just rather just had it be just the speedo and that's it. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> maybe he can take off the jacket. I don't know. Yeah, I mean with the secret code. Yeah, probably. Uh, but I think that actually probably would have been a better design without the coat. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think this is a little confusing why this one was picked and not the other vague outfit that did not make it. That was yeah. incredible. And this is uh, the crazy Laura here. Uh, what's interesting to me about this one is that, like a lot of people are thinking like maybe some of those other designs wouldn't have been picked because they would be too hard to implement. But then this one's in here, and so I feel like that this one would have a, you know, would kind of be similarly difficult to implement, but... Yeah, this one and the Honda one are both really complicated, yeah. but they made it in top 12 anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's a neat idea, though. I like it kind of extending on the, the lightning theme. Sure. But... To me, it's maybe a little too busy. There's like maybe a little bit 
I don't know, too much in even a way mm -hmm. that like, although the Honda one was quite busy as well, I don't know, there's something about this that to me is just like difficult for my eye to follow. I don't really know what to say. Maybe it's the little jaggies. Yeah. It's certainly a cool idea. I, I like the idea. One of the interesting things about, you know, creating costumes and designs and stuff like that is you do have to be careful of a lot of stripes. Like, you'll notice that in a lot of games, you don't get a lot of crazy stripes like you see on her shoulders here and stuff. Because in motion and in poses, I think it gets a little uh, busy and sometimes can make it hard to see what's happening animation-wise. But, I mean, this is we're also talking about the same company. Whoa, David is looping. We're also talking about the same company that uh, created the Final Fantasy Guardian Force Blanca. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I didn't bother curating the ones that didn't make it, but there was a lot that are super good that didn't make it. The G one where he's a wizard, I think. <laughs> wizard G very, was so cool. <laughs> very, very cool. The Vega one where he's got the cool like pauldron on one side, I thought was super cool as well. That was very interesting. Um, there was a Gil one that I thought was great. It was really cool. Um, I want to well, click on the link that Max has sent, put in the chat, but I was too busy petting a cat. Let me take a look at this one. Which one's this <laughs> one? Uh, oh yeah, this is Wizard G. <laughs> yeah, is Wizard G is Wizard there. G. Yeah. Oh, Max posted the Power Stone one. Yeah, that's the Gil one that I'm thinking of. I, oh I think. yeah, 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 the Power Stone one. Yeah. Yeah, that one's cool for sure. There were definitely some really interesting ideas that did not make it that I'm, I don't know, feel like they should have, could have, plausibly. Yeah, we were taking a look at it, Max. Yeah, I mean, that one's, that one's great. That one's great, but... The Gil one anyway, congratulations to Jerry. I mean, the Gil one would have been cool because it would have been a good way to have it be a reference and then also still have the fire and ice themes in there, you know, that for a costume that makes kind of sense to have that, in other words. Oh, is there a page that has curated a bunch of them? That's useful. Oh, where's that at? Didn't bother. Oh, here we go. Wow, I didn't even see that Chun one. That one's super cool. Okay. Oh, dang. I'm going to scroll through all of these on stream. Hang on. Let's do this. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. The Zangief Barbarian one is definitely sick. Yeah, put this on stream. Okay, okay. Yeah, I saw a bunch of these. This is on uh, Fighter's Generation, which also is a great site for uh, sprite resources and stuff like that. So... Uh, if you ever need a place where you just want to find some good sprites and for any sort of visual project or anything like that. So if we scroll through here, here's the, here's the, 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 the Power Stone Gill right here. This is the Power Stone, whoops, the, the Power Stone Gill. Do this real quick. And yep, that one's nice. There we go. So Power Stone Gill. Uh, this is the other Vega that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of a neat Vega. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like this Vega. Kind of? I think it's rad. I, I really like that Vega a lot. Oh, I think that's oh, so cool. Is this like a Dia de la Muerte uh, Chun-Li? Yeah, it is. A Dia de Muertos. 
That's cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? That Chun-Li one's awesome. That's yeah. actually, I like that a lot. That's actually really sick. I would have liked that also for the representation as well. And I like how the frills are more, you know, Latin sensibility. This is actually Super really cool. Super cool outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Exotic jury? I mean, kind of looks like jury, I guess, except with hella abs, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> Dude, this artist went with exactly the opposite style of the jury that's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So this one is a Yurian. I guess there's two Yurian concepts here. Oh, yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like this. This guy here, and uh, this one, Secret Society suit, Yurian. Okay. Uh, Barbarian Zangief, yeah. See, like, this one thematically, <laughs> I think, fits a little bit more than Biker Zangief. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that, sure. Yeah. And I think that the art's great on this one, too. This Geef looks awesome. Yeah, and then, you know, I have to design two costumes. You know, in the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that was a really popular pick because you do, as the artist, you do get to design too. Yeah. Yeah, the second one's really cool. Yeah, this one's actually pretty sick. And again, you know, very Asian sensibilities because these guys is like based on Japanese street fashion, which is cool. Uh, Robo yeah, Alex. Cool. Yeah, this one was so sick. Ugh, <laughs> Robo Alex. Of course, you like the robot. You would turn you into an of Alex course. main. Well, maybe not that far, but I do love the <laughs> robots, yes. Mecha Alex is super cool. Uh, gang boss, oh, okay, okay. Poison. And then here's uh, Jury. Cool jacket on that, the poison one. Oh, the, the yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jury. Cook. G, G the cook? G. Yeah, yeah, I mean, cook G. You... <laughs> it cracks me up. And then, uh, I guess Cyber, Cyber Ryu? Yeah, that, right? Makes sense to me. I think that's really cool, too. Well, obviously. You know I'm a big sucker for robots. <laughs> Robot equals no instantly secret. cool. There's no secret. Alright. Oh, I saw this one. Winter Coat Bison. Actually, it was kind of neat. Yeah, Arctic Bison is pretty cool. I agree. Arctic I agree. Bison... Uh, Nash, it's like American jacket Nash, I guess. Yeah, no. it's not not my style, but I can see how people would like it. More Jury Han. She seems like a popular character. Yeah. Did you know that? You know, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those characters that when they win, like, you're not gonna see a lot of people using it. Unfortunately. <laughs> Old man Sagat, tiger costume Sagat. Uh, yeah, the tiger Sagat's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Ibuki, is this like zombie Ibuki? Because her face is very white on the top right. I'm not sure. Let's see. I don't think it's zombie Ibuki. No. Yeah, it's just uh, this just must be like a black and white drawing where they just colored only the mask or something. So. She's just like, goth Ibuki. Yeah. I think it's bad. Robo Dalsum. Yeah, I mean, there's only so many cool things that can happen in this world, and this was just a step too far. It would have been, it would have been amazing. I just, I saw Robo Dalsum and I was like, man, David wanted this so bad. 
I actually hadn't seen this one before, but yeah, this one is super cool. Uh, Sagat as the Emperor Muay Thai. He's got like some sort of power up. Oh no, this is like uh, this is was a tyrant. This was the tyrant right. version of him. That's he's got the tyrant of Muay Thai. Ah, oh, that's very funny. Yeah, he's that's got the tyrant idea. heart here and everything. You know, hanging out on his scar. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, here's G the wizard. <laughs> wizard G. Wandering Wizard G is so good. Like so I, good. The only like the this costume would have to have its entire dialogue changed. Like they would have to get the a guy to come back and just be like, "Be thine with thy earth," you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, is that like Oni Akuma, basically, kind of thing, or Stone, Stone Ancient? Stone Akuma. Ancient. Cool. Interesting. Who's this character? Have you seen this next character before? <laughs> I'm not sure that. Oh, it's Jury. Ah, yeah, okay. She yeah, yeah. Up? Well, you know, you know, in order to make Jury right, you have to have twelve of them, right? So, you know. <laughs> uh, Nash. Oh, it's classy Nash. I guess so. Or Thanatos, Thanatos Nash. Thanatos Nash. I... Oh, from a tarot card, huh? Oh, okay. That's, that's okay. a cool idea. It's not something I'm familiar with, but I'm, I think that's pretty nifty looking. All right. Uh, what is this one here? This one is a. Uh... Oh, it's Ryu. This is, this is Ryu right? It's like mm -hmm. it's like kind of gang style Ryu. It looks like Yakuza Ryu almost kind of. Cool. Basketball Manat. Yeah, this one was so cool. Isn't that cool? I like basketball. I mean, obviously, so cool. I, I have the basketball. Favorite. I have the basketball uh, fanness, but I also think it's just cool just to have her in the in the in the poofy sweater. I love it. I think this one's so cool. Oh, this so. one's cute. That one's cute. And then yeah. of course, here's the finalists over here. So yeah. So I mean, the ones that that were picked for the finals, I think, are mostly mostly good. Some of them I really like. I think some of them are a little confusing compared to the ones that did not make the top yeah. 12. So here you go, recap your finalists right here, including the winner. <laughs> Congratulations to Jury. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, two juries they picked. Well, I mean, clearly, can you guys imagine how many jury submissions they got? What percentage of all submissions were juries, do you think? Like it was, it was above ten. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of them. And there you go. Yeah, a huge amount for sure. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, congrats to Jerry. Definitely gonna win. Uh, good job to everybody who submitted art. I saw a lot of great ones. Really cool. Yeah, fun time. Yeah, it's cool stuff. And I mean, you know, I know a lot of people at first were kind of, you know, uh, kind of against the spec work kind of uh, aspect of the contest but honestly I, I from what i've seen from the artists and how much they're really into this and you know for a lot of them it really would just be super cool to get their design into the game i've kind of changed my mind about that feeling you know because it really seems like these guys just it would just be so awesome to be cemented into the game permanently that way you know sounds right okay all right. Okay. All right. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about some community stuff. There's not a lot to talk about, but a few things. Uh, the biggest one is that XO Academy is doing season two. 
which is great. That yeah. is really, really good news. EXO Academy. Uh, well, James, you you were involved with it. You want to explain? Yeah, EXO Academy is basically a group that was created very similar uh, to, you know, the uh, Smash Queens and, and also to Combo Queens as well. But, you know, as a way to help encourage and help uh, create an environment in which you know, women can succeed in the fighting game community. A lot of times people say, oh, you know what, fighting games just aren't made for women. Look, you don't see any of them playing them. A lot of the times it's just because the environment is unfriendly for it, right? You're a woman, you're trying to get in there, you're good, and then players talk shit about you. They have very uh, uh, sexist slurs for you, you know. There's just so many things going against you. I mean, we've had plenty of amazing fighting game players. I mean, I can name you a bunch of them right now, you know, uh, women fighting game players that have quit because of the toxicity that they had to endure. And I can't blame them. Like, why do you want to deal with that? Right. You, there's 7000 other things you can do where you don't have to deal with this shit. Right. So EXO uh, Academy is kind of designed in a way to create and foster an environment to help them have that kind of success in a way to, you know, kind of start trying to change the ratios and try to change the, the environment and, and have these women succeed. And uh, last season, for example, you know, uh, I helped some of them through uh, commentary practice. We've seen Phantomeria and uh, and uh, uh, Romanova do commentary. Those are two players, uh, two uh, FGC members that I helped with commentary tips. And then, you know, we've seen yeah. players like P-Chan continue to con uh, play at tournaments and such. And, you know, it was a really neat program. And I, I was I, I said I was going to help Persia out because I think it's a great cause. And I think Persia is doing something really 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 wonderful so uh, I'm really excited that they're doing this for sure so uh, Kavakor will be the trainer for uh, Tamara for life it's one of the things that they got going on here mm -hmm. uh, they're still having uh, Amanda Stevens involved Mama Dow will be involved uh, Caitlin McGee I believe she was before as well and as physical therapy stuff and Core A Gaming is uh, giving advice on content creation nice. as well. <laughs> and as like I've asked uh, Persia before, can I get uh, Mama Dao and Core A Gaming to train me? <laughs> Man, <laughs> I could definitely use help. Uh, yeah, and also just kind of want to. I didn't say that was that was Mama Dao for branding yeah. specifically, and Amanda mm -hmm. Stevens for media. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, uh, just to address com a comment in the chat saying that, you know, women don't play fighting ga uh, play video games much at all. It's just not true. It's, it's just not true, especially in this day and age now where playing video games is such a common thing. Everyone grows up with consoles and PC games and everything like that in their house. And, and it's not what you think. It's not just like, oh, Candy Crush all day, you know. Again, it's part and parcel of a cyclic... Uh, situation where you know if you're a woman and you go online uh there was one girl who posted up uh clips of you know when she was on uh playing a first person shooter i think it was valorant online and people would be like oh hey you know what i would pick this character but one of our teammates is a girl so i think i need to cover this space you know and da -da -da -da. and you know people being like oh hey girl you know or you know oh god like oh wow you actually did that you know kind of thing and it's it's a cyclic problem you know, it's not that women don't play video games. It's just that the environment is just not particularly friendly for them. And so uh, definitely something has to change, you know. 
imagine if you could go back in time and go to the advertising team back in the 80s who was trying to advertise the Nintendo and other early consoles and, and games as being four boys, and you could just be like, hey, this is actually for everybody, <laughs> not for boys. And it I was... feel like if you were just go back in time and like change the mindset of like 10 people in advertising, this could have been a completely different story the last 30 years, but... Yeah. That's the uh, world that we got, so you know it's up to us to try to fight against that stuff. Yeah, again, just as a perfect example, Pac-Man was uh, statistically said to be played by 60% women. Like, more women played Pac-Man during mm-hmm. its popularity wow. than men. And uh, it, I don't know what changed. I don't know why at some point in time they decided, oh, okay, video games... You know, we just need to put in everything in there that appeals to men only, and it became a boys' club thing. And I don't know. I don't know why it happened, and it's kind of upsetting because you would look at old advertisements for video games, and you know, you look at advertisements for board games a long time ago. They always show the family, like that's kind of how they tried to advertise the Atari Twenty Six Hundred was the family. You you know, whenever you saw a poster of like, hey, here's Pac-Man, it would be you know, there's women, and then there's men on the poster. They made Ms. Pac-Man after pac-man you know and trust me that appealed to women everywhere and it's just you know i don't know what changed it i don't know what changed it and it's kind yeah, of I saw, i've well, i've i've read uh a couple of pieces about it i don't remember all the details now i wish i did but yeah there was there were a small set of advertising executives who wanted to sort of get their get get a a strong identifiable market that they could market to yeah. specifically because and- they felt that that would be the best way to increased sales in it yeah. and they went with boys because there were already lots of toys for girls i i was i don't know if you were at the right age but i was at just the right age where when we began playing video games i one of my best friends growing up was a girl we we played video games together all the time and by the time we were i don't know 10 not even you know still little kids really she had already basically been taught the lesson by constant advertising on tv that these are not for you. And mm. she stopped playing. And she never went back to it. <sighs> and I mean my my wife's that way. She played when she was a little kid and then eventually was taught the lesson, oh these are not for you. And she sort of just swerves away. That happened to so many people. And yeah. then you have this whole horrible culture of, oh, it's sort of you, we had been told this is for boys, now it's for boys. And now we've sort of developed the culture that we've had of it being for guys for no reason other than it just was a stupid advertising decision. Yeah. And really well, Muckmaster and Rayo, Muckmaster and Rayo Ayanami kind of mentioned this is because, you know, when you were put into Toys R Us, you had to classify it as a boy or a girl's toy so they know yep. what shelf to put on, yep, uh, etc. And and also Nintendo purposely marketed their console as a toy as opposed to electronics because during that time uh, there was a rule with electronics that there were buyback programs that if your electronic didn't sell, then the company, by law, like had to buy back some of the unsold stuff. And uh, this, was not a, this was not true for toys. So if you overpurchased toys, you didn't have to do this. But for electronics, it was, a, it was a standard in the industry, which is why Nintendo made Rob the Robot. 
They specifically made Rob the Robot to make it look like a toy so they could shove it into the toy category. So if the Nintendo didn't sell, which of course it turned out that didn't happen, but if it didn't sell, they wouldn't have to buy it back at all. That was the whole impetus behind Rob making it a toy. And I guess in that case, then they had to decide whether it was a boy's toy or a girl's toy and they had to market it towards boys. So, ugh. That's kind of frustrating, so... It is kind of frustrating. Anyway, shout-outs to Exo Academy for doing some work to try to combat this. <laughs> Sorry. Did you guys hear that? I just had to put up the, the cat on my screen. Oh, my God, it's taking up the whole screen. I did not realize my camera was set up like that. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'll turn that off. <laughs> there are lots of cat noises happening on my end. I don't know, I'm not sure if that's nice. audible. I heard something. Uh, there's been a lot of cat stuff. Can you click on the Ergobox prototype and put that up on? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, screen? okay. This is so cool. This is so cool. So that's a little description here. This is a custom Ergobox. You'll see why we're calling it that. That is uh, 3D printed, made by U3AM Sleep on Reddit. 3D printed, super interesting. It's interesting because this is kind of something it's, I it's had. It's like a it's like a hitbox, but an ergonomic take on it. Right. Was the reason. This, this was something that I had talked about even uh, for your split box. I don't know if you remember. I said that I there do, should be yeah. a way to to, to kind of like prop it up at an angle, so that I you can kind of play it that way. But this is it right here. So uh, I know Buddha Bure brought it up to me. I don't know who brought it up to you, David. Uh, mm. But I mean, I think that this is a really cool idea. Oh, cool! The video yeah, that uh, Buddha Bure showed me was didn't even have the buttons in it yet. It was just a 3D printed with the circles drawn on it, you know, ready to put the buttons in. But this is the progress on it, and it's a great idea. This is something that I absolutely think should be a controller. I think this is a oh, Buddha Bure is the creator. Oh, okay, okay, never mind. So when you, when Buddha Bure linked it to me, they were actually the ones that designed this. That's so cool. Okay. Oh, are you are you are you you slash 3am sleep on there that same same person and yeah you can see all the ergonomic keyboards on the desk as well as inspiration yeah i think this is a great idea cool yeah i'm all i'm super on board super yeah. on board yeah, like james <laughs> says uh, when it comes to my little flip box um that i drove over to james's place with it turns out yeah now i happen to have right here um, I thought about making it so that it's the, the sides, as you can see, are like very slightly angled, super slight on the top. I thought about making it a very severe angle and didn't do it for a number of reasons. I think it just would have been a little bit more difficult to do design-wise, but I, I thought about doing that, and I kind of wish that I had now. I think it would have been a really mm -hmm. cool idea. Maybe I should figure out a way to do that in the future. But I, I definitely like the idea. I'm super on board with the idea of having ergonomic controllers. I think that the hitbox is a big leap in a lot of ways, yeah, but I do yeah. think it has some ergonomic issues. That yeah. Your hands are so close together and both straight, right, rather than sort of coming at it from a more uh, comfortable, natural angle. Yeah. I will say more iteration on this, more improvement on this. I, I will it. say that Maximilian's idea that he put in chat would definitely be classified as a boy's toy. Um, but, uh, 
I mean, this kind of came up uh, when we were talking about Tekken and, you know, after the roundtable where they talked about controls and stuff. We got a lot of comments in the YouTube saying, like, no, fighting games should just be joystick and buttons and joystick and buttons. And, you know, and, and I responded to a lot of those comments and saying, like, you just can't do it that way. Like, if you're banning no. hitboxes and everything like that. And it, it also puts a gray area. Where do you stop it? Because Sonic Fox figured out with the accessibility options, you could kind of turn the you know, PlayStation 4 pad into getting free, you know, electric wing Godfist uppers, you know, Godfist and stuff like that. And so where's the gray line? Did the pad give you an advantage, you know? And so we have to get to the point where we stop using the actual input device as a means by which to generate the difficulty in the game. It's like I said, you can have a hitbox, you can have an ergo box, you can have a cross-up, all those things. Guilty Gear is still going to be hard. Guilty Gear is still going to be hard to do. Like, you can create games with it. The hardest part for Tekken is just that Tekken has decades of legacy. That's just, that's the main thing that's, that's, holding, that, that's holding that particular case back, is that Electric Wing Godfist was designed to be hard on a joystick, and some people have spent seven years, eight years, over a decade getting good at that. You change the execution on the Electric Wing Godfist, and it's like, a slap in the face to everybody who's practiced that, but I don't think that that's something we need to maintain. I just don't think it's something that we should be trying to maintain at this point. So, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And in any case, it hasn't been just joystick or even just pad for a long time. Even way back in the day, there were people who were playing on keyboard. Yeah. I remember people coming to tournaments in the mid 2000s who were already playing on keyboard. Hell, so I mean. We also had Square Gate, Octogate, Perfect 360s, Convex yeah. button, Concave buttons, yeah. bigger buttons, smaller buttons. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I mean, look, I've played on all of it in the arcade days because people who maintained arcades didn't know that it made a difference. They didn't care. They put whatever wherever. I have seen Capcom games thrown into a Mortal Kombat cabinet with the run button and just use that layout. I don't even yep. know what was the kicks and the punches. I've seen the opposite. I've seen Mortal Kombat's put into Street Fighters with run oh, yeah. at God knows where. <laughs> like, oh man. And concave buttons, yeah. man, back when we were playing, we were like, that's crazy. Why would you use convex buttons? These things are terrible, yeah. you know? Like, nowadays, it feels like it's weird, but that's the way it, it was, right, man. for sure. Yeah. And pads themselves have a lot of different iterations. <laughs> Do you have four face buttons? Do you have the four shoulder buttons? Do you have six face buttons? All this lot of stuff that's always been different like that. Dude, I want Investigation Cone's idea of making a, 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 a joystick, like a hitbox with missile command buttons. <laughs> they, were the, yeah. they were the little black cones with the red plastic see-through dot that lit up on the top of it, and like they felt really weird to click. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> It would be so, like, pointless, but it would be amazing. Yeah, what if you use the old Street Fighter 1 buttons, maybe a slightly improved version of those, right, where uh, you had to press different strengths of it, and then you could decide whether to do fierce, medium, or... I mean, jack. that could be an alternate way to use Max's suggestion, right? I mean, you could maybe design it that way or something like that, but... Uh, I mean, there's just so many different ways you could do it. There's, I mean, joysticks even, right? There were bat tops, there's the ball tops, 
There's the like the big giant Tron joystick trigger kind of things. You know, there's just been so many different kind of uh, ideas out there. So at this yeah. point in time, like to say that a game needs to be stuck on one particular input device is just not realistic. Not one, not realistic, and two, I think the wrong way to think about it. Correct. Shout out to the Ergo Box. It's made me. I haven't thought about using or remaking my design for Split Box in many months uh, because the company that I used to cut the plastic for it uh, stopped doing it. And I'd have to like think about how to do it again. Maybe they're back up now. I should check, I guess. But uh, in any case, I haven't thought about it in a long time. And now I'm like, wow, this is, I got to get yeah. back into this game. Dude, oh my God. Katy Perry just said something. How much you want to bet, like. 13 years from now, we're going to get that one player coming in and they will play on an iPad because they just got so good at using a virtual joystick playing fighting no, games on an iPad. So, yeah, you, do you mean somebody who gets super good at Street Fighter 4 mobile and becomes the best eventually <laughs> on Street Fighter 6? Yeah, exactly, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Look, there are pro players... Who play uh, Fortnite mobile? Yep. They stream on Fortnite uh, mobile. That's a thing that exists. Now, are they keeping up with the people who are playing pro stuff on PC? Eh, you know, but there are people who know who do that. Dude, people who do that. Someone plays on the pad and buttons of a steering wheel controller. Someone has a ha someone has a body pillow as a controller. Someone plays fighting games on a guitar controller. Look. The human being's greatest strength is the ability to get good at whatever the hell you want. We have tournaments for cup stacking. We have tournaments for, you know, uh, folding pizza boxes. We have pizza toss, pizza dough tossing tournaments. Whatever you want to do out there, people will get good at it and want to be the best at it. And so, you know. Okay, maybe. All right. Good luck, everybody. <sighs> All right, cool. Yeah, shout-outs again to the Ergo Box. As far as other community news, just wanted to say congrats to Darth Arma and his wife, Chelsea. They had their kid. Well, oh, Chelsea had their kid. cool. Okay, um, okay. So nice. they are now parents. Congratulations to them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Maximilian Dude was in the chat earlier. He definitely knows all about that as well. So Yeah, we definitely gave him props at the time, but, you know, continued props. Yes, I'm sure exactly. that is continuing exactly. process. Yep. Uh, uh, anything else that's going on? Well, I finished my tofu. It was really good. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Tofu I made a good. bunch of rice. I made tofu uh, in a sauce with that had onion and garlic at the base, and then I put in, um, what do you call that stuff? Celery, and I put in red pepper flakes and... A bunch of tofu. That's probably relevant for the tofu that I made. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Other stuff too. I don't know. Whatever. It was a pretty busy dish, but it was really tasty. Oh yeah, that's right. Also, congratulations to Katana Prime uh, and his girlfriend as well. I know that they have. They're expecting. You know, she's uh, yeah. I think six weeks in now. So congratulations to them as well, because I know it's been a tough year for. Uh, Bryant, and so I'm just like really glad to see yeah. things going Jeez. well here. So, absolutely, 
thank you to Milifuna for the uh, sub. So yeah, keeping it up. Maximilian asks, you guys had a chance to try Parsec stuff yet? I'm actually one of, uh, thanks to Jason Game Dev in the chat, uh, I'm one of the biggest proponents of it. I've been trying to introduce it to everybody. I run Soul Cal Distancing on Monday night where all the Soul Calibur players come in and play, and they have been blown away by it. Uh, I introduced it to Pat the Flip, and uh, Pat the Flip tried it as well. Uh, and Pat the Flip was like, you know, I did something with it before and it wasn't very good, but this is actually kind of good. So uh, he's considering it for Guilty Gear now. It's so good, dude. It's really, really good. And uh, I'm planning to do more with it. I'm planning to do Guilty Gear nights. Like like I said, Monday night is Soul Cal Distancing. Okay, fine. Soul Shoal Distancing. God. Come on, David. I wanted to make it to blend in the Soul Calibur part of it in there. So I purposely removed the eye to make it Soul Cal Distancing. I just can't believe it. It's so clear that soul that social distance. Well, cause it that's the so pun. Obvious. It's the same pun, but I wanted to make it more emphasis on uh, uh, soul caliber. Come on, man. <laughs> it's so obvious. But all right, all right. Yeah, uh, it's your thing. It's your thing. Okay, but um, you know, for me, the games that I'm concentrating on right now, cause uh, Tong never sleeps. Uh, Tong uh, from Florida, uh, that Tong never sleeps is his, is his Twitter. I'm sorry, uh, but he uh, is doing Marvel, so he's got Marvel handled pretty well. I'm trying to do a lot of stuff with Soul Calibur. Sabin Deuce and Sabin, two separate people, are going to work together to do Soul Calibur stuff as well. I haven't seen anyone do anything for Guilty Gear, so I'm going to do that. I'm also going to try to do some stuff for Undernight in Birth as well. Uh, Tekken is another game that could profit off of this very, very well, but I feel like that's something like Rip should probably go into, or Rixta, or somebody like that, you know, should probably look into. I may have to talk to them and try to get them into it as well, but uh, uh, right now, the Monday night that I throw up for Soul Calibur, uh, all the Soul Calibur players come in there, and every time some, like, literally, they'd be on the character select screen, and they'd be like, wait, like, it already felt different on the character select screen. And then once they get into the match, it's like, round one, fight. They move, and they're like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> like, they hadn't even hit a button yet. And they're like, oh, my God. So the reason why I haven't done Tekken is the same reason why Jason hasn't done it either. It's because it's a 60-gig game. Like Soul Calibur has one really big problem, is that the entire game is in one giant like freaking 30 some gig file or something like that and so it makes the, the the cloud environment a little awkward i have a workaround for it that takes like 30 minutes which is annoying uh but you know uh it doesn't have that problem in a lot of the other games so uh i never got street fighter 5 running on there it does seem rather stupid to want to change a rollback game into delay based netcode but Street Fighter V is the game that we're playing. So. <laughs> Street Fighter V is the game that we're playing. <laughs> would it run yeah. better on it? It probably would, but, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. Yeah, certainly SF4, that kind of stuff should be better. Yeah, on that. yeah. And, and again, you know, Parsec is it's not limited to anything except for what you can play on your PC. If, I mean, like, if you had emulators for something like the, uh, like, uh, Karate Champ, 
You could play that on there too. If you threw MAME on your machine, you could play Karate Champ that way. You could play whatever the hell you wanted that way. And the, the thing that makes it uh, work well is not that it is a magic bullet and solves netcode problems. Is it just it, 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 it offloads the, uh, the performance of the game onto the cloud machine? And then you are only sending your inputs to the thing. You don't have to worry about game state or anything like that. And so it's a very little data that you're sending there. It's very quick. Also, because you're only just sending the inputs, the connection remains constant. There's no sending of game states, like I said. The, 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 if you have a three-frame input delay, which is very possible, uh, even four-frame input delay, but it'll be consistent four frame delay it won't fluctuate back and forth you'll never get weird slowness you'll never get uh like delays in the game and such or or anything like that so that's the advantage it's not a magic bullet it doesn't solve all the problems out there but uh it's just better than existing most existing delay based net code so it's it's not even rollback without rollback i wouldn't call it that that is a completely inaccurate way to describe it it's delay based net code it is 100% delay based net code but it's consistent and it's it it basically has taken all the pieces and and specialized them into certain things. Parsec handles the inputs and also the image streaming, which is a technology that Discord and remote desktop and everything uses, right? Uh, the, the game is the game performance is offloaded onto the cloud machine. So even if your game your machine is trash, you're running it on that machine, all you're sending is inputs, doesn't matter, you know, this kind of thing. It's, it's just offloading a lot of the stress and the problems onto separate pieces and makes it work that way. So, yeah. Yeah, they've been able to design it better than, like, entire stadiums of people have been able to design before, which I think <laughs> is really cool. Entire stadiums. Stadiums? Is that is that the right plural for that? Maybe not. Maybe no, no, I think I think so. I think it's a different that. word. I think it's a different word. Okay. So. I see. Well, anyway, congratulations to all the engineers who've yeah actually figured it out. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and that's the another big part of it too from Kraken. So. Parsec works as well if I have a super beefy machine and I'm running it and someone connects to me and we can play. If they're close to me, they'll have a good ping and it works. But no matter what, the person hosting, par being the host on Parsec, will have a distinct advantage. One of the nice things about offloading it onto a cloud machine is you take away those distinct advantages. Now, obviously, if I'm hosting it at Northern California, the guy in Northern California has an advantage over another location, but I can spin up a server in Northern California, I can spin up a server in Ohio right now, and I will very soon be able to spin up a server in Northern Virginia as well, and then that kind of makes it so that if it's a coast to coast thing, I'd run Ohio, if it's East Coast, I'd run North Virginia, etc., etc. And so you can kind of, as long as you know where the players are from, you can make it as nice as possible. So. Hey man. Who do you think is going to win? Flow or TubaWare? <laughs> Look, the only reason why, it's not tomorrow, it's on Thursday. It's going to be on Thursday. Uh, for a lot of people, probably is tomorrow. No, not yet, not yet. Uh, so apparently TubaWare and Flow have been calling each other out in fighting games for a very long time. And then on Thursday, uh, on Generation Spacing, we were talking about it. Flow came in the chat. And uh, immediately TubaWare said that he would kick his ass in Marvel. And Flo's like, I haven't played in forever, and I would still kick your ass. And so uh, that kind of came down. So now this Thursday on Generation Spacing, 
which is on twitch.tv slash jchenzor, which will be at 9 p.m. Pacific time. I am going to run Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 via the Parsec server for the two players, and uh, they're going to be going up against each other. So I'm kind of excited to see who's going to win. And so there's two factors, right? So you asked me who I think is going to win. Flo, yeah. one of the best casual players of all time. Right, yeah. he is basically unbeatable. Whenever I watch him play casuals with Justin, like when I watch Marn and Justin play uh, casuals, Justin just destroys Marn all day. Like that's just all that yeah. happens. When Flo just about and, everybody that he plays with, yeah, true. <laughs> and uh, when Justin and Mar and Flo play against each other, it's almost always even. Yep, it's almost yep. always even. Flo is kind of nuts. However, this will be on stream. And we know how Flo is when he knows an audience is watching. So you ask me who's going to win. I don't know. You'll have to tune in and find out. <laughs> if Flo starts playing, if he, if he doesn't practice at all, Tubaware might win. If Flo starts practicing at least 40 minutes before they play, Flo will win. <laughs> Yeah, that's the main question right now is I don't know if I should run half of the set on the Ohio server and then half of the set on the Northern California server just to give them both kind of a, a equal opportunity kind of thing. You know, that's the question right now is which way should I do it? But I will figure out. I'll figure it out. Hi. As far as the Apple slash Epic thing goes, I don't have a lot to say about it. Uh, it's a lawsuit that Epic is bringing against Apple, alleging that Apple has been uncompetitive, anti-competitive, really, um, mm. and that they are looking for uh, Apple's monopoly on the Apple Store to get blown up. I'm in favor of that, 100%. As far as will it work, I'm not really an antitrust lawyer. I wouldn't yeah. want to speak on that too much, but I just think I've read credible people who have who disagree on it, yeah. so I, I'm not sure really. I'm just of the opinion that it's just like it's two gigantic companies that make way too much money, and uh, it's I can't really. Yeah, but like I want I want to blow up a monopoly, and maybe at some point in the future, Epic will be a monopoly. In right. fact, maybe in some ways they already are a monopoly. Yeah, I mean they kind of are already. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they blow them up. And, to, and I mean, honestly, like everybody does this, right? It's not even just Apple. Google kind of does this too. And, you know, on non-gaming platforms, there's these kind of monopolies everywhere. So, you know, I would like to see all of it get blown up. So if we can Absolutely. get the law passed on Apple, then hopefully it can be done everywhere as well. So, Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting like a resolution to this for a super long time. Cases between giant companies like this assuming that they go to litigation and they might it could literally take a decade mm -hmm. that's how long it's taken for some stuff in the past so don't expect there to be any kind of a real resolution on this stuff for a long time yep all right i cannot do anything because i'm holding a cat yeah it, there has definitely been collateral damage like I believe that Apple is going to remove Unreal tools from their store, which uh, it doesn't just hurt Epic, right? That hurts developers. So that sucks. But there's there's no way that we can rely on the federal government for actual antitrust enforcement. We just don't have 
an effective federal government that's interested in enforcing the laws in these ways. <laughs> basically, all the companies I, fight amongst themselves. So I think you can actually take a word, take away the words in these ways. <laughs> Just don't have a lot of companies that want to enforce the laws. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said, you know what? It's cool that Jeff Bezos is a self-made gazillionaire. But if he paid his fair share of taxes, then you know what? I'm not going to say I have no problem with that. <laughs> oh, it's good. Yeah, I'm not down with it. As far as Epic trying to act like the champion of the people, that's pretty funny. And it's effective PR. And their legal team definitely coordinated with their PR team on this, which is unique. It's pretty rare to see that, yeah. that there's such a close mm -hmm. cooperation. But there are things in the lawsuit itself that mirror statements that the PR folks have made outside of it. So they clearly had some kind of mm -hmm. cross-writing on this, which is an interesting idea. And they were ready for yeah. it the entire time. It was yeah, definitely... They planned a, it all out. Yeah, it was a very, very calculated kind of thing. They so. planned it all out. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's it. Play Rocket Arena with me. We have an FGC Discord. Let's do it. It's five bucks on Steam. Let's play this video game. I own it now. Did I buy it? Did Let I me know it? if anybody wants to play. I'm Shoot. not going to give you a copy, but if you pay $5, then you can play with us, and we do have an it FGC Discord that's really I can't, active. I can't remember I if I bought it yet. I told Tuba where I was going to buy it, but I can't remember if I actually bought it now. So, okay. Well, all right. I'll have to do it. So, Okay. That's all. Cool. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to another show. Let me get... Let me bird you guys out of here. Shout out to the player who now has uh, done really well with Robocop in two weeks in a row on the on Dream Eater's Nightmare series. Uh, Xbox players playing Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, he got second place and then first place in the last couple weeks. So shout out to the So are, are people finally not saying that he's terrible now or something like that? Or? Nope, they're not, they're not not saying that. <laughs> but this player's doing work and that's really good to see. Cool, good stuff, good stuff. All right, thanks guys. Thank you.